welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 55. Um, I'm, well, we are back with our returning guest, Joey from the Sports Sound Off. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm alright. I'm doing okay. I feel a lot better now. <laughs> Last night was an interesting night. It was. I'm good. I'm here. Yeah, it's been a it's been a solid weekend. I'll just throw in a quick note. Uh, I got a chance to see Thor Ragnarok. It was actually pretty good. I, I was pretty pleased with what I saw. So, um, won't won't spoil the movie, but two thumbs up, man. Two thumbs up. And uh, Antaku, how was your weekend? Um, pretty chill. Can't complain. I didn't fall asleep last night. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> Man. Yeah, actually, I didn't get home until, like, 1 in the morning, I think. And I actually did. Yeah, I stayed up. I was... I almost clocked out at one point during the prelims, but I had to make a drive, so I can't, you know, couldn't sleep. But th- this main card gave me more than enough to stay up for. Um, I probably can't elevate my voice too much. Because I did a lot of screaming yesterday, a lot of arguing, a lot. <laughs> I should have gone to sleep right after the co <laughs> But So hopefully my voice doesn't give out on me, but I'm feeling better than I did when I woke up this morning. Uh, quick shout-outs to uh, Stokes, who fortunately could not be with us today, but uh, shout-outs to him. I know he'll be, he'll be listening when this goes up. Um, I guess before, though, we get to the, <laughs> the card... Uh, we'll, we'll run through uh, just some quick notes and nuggets of other fights and other happenings that went on this weekend. Uh, Bellator 186 uh, went down on, was that Friday night, I believe? Yep. From, uh, the, from the Bryce Jordan Center at Penn State University. Penn State. Yep. Headlined by uh, Ron Bader and Linton Vassell, a fight in which I did not watch <laughs> because by the time it came <laughs> on, I, was, I just kind of clocked out. But um, I saw the finish. I saw the finish. Uh, just some ground and pound. I don't, I don't know if that fight was much to write home about, but um, it, it was Ryan Bader taking Linton Vassell down and then beating him, basically like you saw in the, like the ending of the fight. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of figure this <laughs> pretty much what that fight was. Um, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just the, I don't know other, I don't know any other way to explain a beta. It was yeah, a beta. yeah, it's it's a beta fight. It, I thought it's, it was... a, it's a beta fight when he's not fighting somebody who's in like the top five and he's <laughs> yeah, it's a beta down. fight when he's not fighting anybody good. Yeah, exactly. It was weird. Well, it was like mad disrespectful <laughs> when he was like, I don't know if y'all saw. He said that he didn't know who Vassell was. Like, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> know. After that fight, Vassell doesn't know who he is. <laughs> so. Take that for what it's worth, but you know, congrats to Beta, defended his uh his belt. Uh co main event, 
uh, Lima McFarlane and Emily Dakota. Um, I'm kind of mad because I, w- I really wanted to watch this fight. And, like, I saw it, but there was something else was going on while I was watching this card. And, like, I was half watching and kind of, like, half not watching. And then I just happened to look up and see an armbar. But I, f- I feel like I missed out on something good. Um, um It was... um. Uh- so they Uma McFarland becomes like the first flyweight champion in Bellator history. I think about it, they've had three different divisional champions because they had Strawweight, right? That that um, yeah, tournament. I think, uh, yeah, because they had a uh, what's her name? Frosto. Yeah. And and then they got rid of her after Relly. Didn't they also have Didn't they also have Jessica I at one point, or am I thinking of it completely different? I think I did. Yeah, off I fought for them on like a prelim. Right. And she was in the UFC in like her next fight. <laughs> but uh McFarlane looked really good. Like the strike like, like in the first fight with Ducati, she um she got knocked down, but here she spent like most of the fight just beating her up on the feet. When it was on the feet, she got um Ducati got on top in the fifth round, but it just set up an arm bar from what I'm reading is being called like the dead orchard position by uh the Test Plant Jiu Jitsu crew. So, another one for Eddie Bravo, I guess. I guess. Um, but no, like it—it's kind of telling that like there are just so many good flyweights out there right now that are just not under the UFC umbrella right currently. It's gonna be really interesting to see what happens when they all eventually do get to UFC because that's what happens. I think that division has the potential to be. I mean, it's weird saying it after strawweights title change spoiler but uh i think that division has the potential to be the best division for women's mixed martial arts oh absolutely it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can cultivate it into for for both bellator and the ufc to see if they can cultivate kind of a star or kind of a leader in the clubhouse so to speak because we've seen with with 135 it comes and goes quickly so let's see what they can do to develop some people i uh so did you guys see I don't think it's official, and I think the UFC like recanted it. But like Paige Van Zant had posted that <laughs> she, oh, was, yeah. she was getting the title shot for the tough winner, and then like an hour later, the UFC was like, "No, that's not. No, we're not." She's doing like, that. That, "That that was probably something she wasn't supposed to say." <laughs> I would assume so. I would also assume that she just fucking decided to say it and was like, "Well, I announced it. What are you gonna like?" The UFC announces fights ahead of time before telling certain fighters, and then the fighters like, "Well, I got to accept it." So maybe she tried to reverse the, like, hey, I'm fighting for the title. And they're like, no, no, no. Look at that. No. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, I guess continue down the car real quick. Phil Davis defeated uh, Leo Letty in what was your typical Phil Davis fight. Not much to really dissect. Or <laughs> Phil Davis, well, 30, 27, not top 10 fighters. And yet, still make them look better than they are in the process. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's, it's an amazing talent. Hey man, he's he is Mister Wonderful. <laughs> such a great nickname. Such a, it's such so a... fitting because he hey, talks man. he talks like somebody who should be in like a Mister Universe contest. <laughs> He's very nice. I think Phil Davis is a nice guy. I, I, I know, just, he's, uh, absolutely, he's absolutely like a cool dude, and like I, I got no. It's just was... it's it's weird. It's un, I I just feel like this this uh, this Bellator portion. Not that it's our fault, but it's like they put all of the most boring 
human beings like on their roster in the same event. And then we have to go from this ambient chill to like this UFC card that had basically everything you could ever ask for in a fight card. It's like the most ridiculous card of all time. All right. So I'm just <laughs> listening to all this and it's like perfect analysis and it's just and then I'm waiting for the blood to start to boil. Oh yeah, we well, yeah, yeah. We got to start it's... talking about <laughs> basically from the first fight to the last fight was nothing but amazing. So it's like Hey, yeah, the Bellator card. I have a lot. Of, I mean, I, I'm excited to talk about Ed Ruth. I think he's got superstar potential. Yeah, I was about to say, let's uh, just go on to that. Yeah, he slumped uh, Mr. Chris Dempsey. Um, Yeah. There was a point in this fight where, like, didn't he do, like, a handstand or something? Yeah. That was... <laughs> There's, they've got something here. They've yeah, got I was something like, very special here. How do you so even let's... pull that off? Like, They've got yeah, something so... special with like when he hits the mat, he, even when he was wrestling, you could just tell he was just special. Like, yeah, I was there. I was at Penn State during that run. Like when their run first started, like I think they're like six out. They won six out of the last seven national titles for wrestling. I was there when it first started, and Ruth was on the team. Like just watching him wrestle live was insane. Like it was like he was doing something like a completely different sport than what everybody else was doing, and like you know, Bellator's God. No, uh, it's it's just like seeing him transfer that over into MMA has been really special. Yeah, it, it yeah. I mean, Bellator signed a lot of like guys who didn't make their debuts. They invested into the kind of like I don't want to say the amateur style, uh, the amateur program, but they invested into a lot of fighters who didn't have experience. Of all the ones, he was the one that I was really kind of keeping an eye on, and like, he's 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 got some amazing ability. I think his striking is going to pick up really quickly because he seems like the sort of guy who can pick that up pretty fast. I, I, I just I'm I, the only concern I would have is that he fights in a division where, three fights from now he could be fighting Phil Davis, and it's like, got to be patient with this guy because he's got so much great skill, but he fights in a weight class where there's so little like. There's so little depth at 185 that, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. They're going to give him Gegger Musasi sometime in 2018. I, my, first, <laughs> my first thought was, like, like Manhoof, because they'll be like, well, he's a striker. You just, you just wrestle him. It's like, I, I, I guess that's my concern. I want to see this guy develop. I want to see a slow, steady progression. Like, and, and Chris Dempsey put up, like, a solid fight, when, like, when it was standing. Like yeah, at no point was Ruth in trouble, but like he was giving Ruth looks, and I hope they bring in somebody yeah. like that, like bring in another Chris Dempsey. Yeah, I mean your middleweight division needs bodies anyway. I believe the term would be enhancement talent. Enhancement <laughs> talent, yes. <laughs> Which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing like there in MMA. It's so weird. It's like it's like a dirty, dirty word to give somebody a tune up or to give somebody a, a warm body to kind of just get their skills developed. in. there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Give this guy some easy touches. That'll give him a different look every time and let him develop. He's yeah. got, and get people excited style. to like, see him because like yeah. anybody who watched that, like, cause I remember like when he first started, he was on the prelims for a while. So yeah. now he, you know, he's on a main card. He, he definitely put up a good performance. So, you know, yeah, you don't, don't, gotta, don't... You don't gotta MVP him and give him, you know, Soft touches, you know, right. <laughs> seven years into his career, but go slow. Be patient. With this guy. Yeah. With MMA, we're just always spoiled with guys like um like Dillashaw or Garbrandt or Weidman who just come in, 
yeah. and just storm up the rankings. And we, we don't notice that a lot of these other guys just take need time. Yeah. Right. Look at Max Holloway. He came in. His first fight was Dustin Poirier. I think like three fights later, he was fighting uh, McGregor. Or he was fighting, no, he was fighting uh, Leonard Garcia. It's like sometimes these guys need to be, a li- you be a little patient with them and give them an opportunity. Robert Whitaker, his second fight in the UFC was fighting Court McGee. It's like you got to, sometimes it's okay to be slow. It's okay to understand that these are not finished products. They're moldable entities. So, we'll yeah, see. Just... Hopefully Bellator takes good care of them because, yeah, you don't. That's a guy you want to keep around for a while. Yeah, you'd, yeah. I mean, we were we just saw what happened with Heather Hardy. You never know, right? But you 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 gotta be really careful because this guy could. You don't have a pay per view star. Maybe this guy could become a pay per view star. Right. And I guess rounding out that card, uh, Sada Wad, TKO Zach Freeman. Uh, like yeah. in a minute. <laughs> Sada Wad lives for these fights. He's got yeah. that Artem Lobov, give me your hype train shit. Going. Oh, he's got it. Pat. He took Will Brooks out. He's just and like, two other quick. Oh, I was gonna say. No, no. Just, I just wanted to say, like, I keep confusing Sadawad for like Rick Glenn for some reason. And I just keep assuming he's retired. Let me take a peek. <laughs> I want to make sure that I remember what Sadawad looks like correctly. He is a bald gentleman. <laughs> what necessarily are you seeing that makes you believe that they're the same? I don't. Uh, like, I think it's just because they like, they both emerge in my consciousness at the same time when like Maybe I was watching early in... early Bellator fights. I was gonna say they're both Midwestern kind of like you know regional guys, but Sadawat's from California, so that's not even accurate. <laughs> they don't look anything similar to one another. Not not Rick Glenn. I'm gonna... sorry. You know I'm th- I'm thinking Rick Horn. Yeah, I oh, I I all right, that, yeah, that I could kind of see. Do you think they're going to do a wad against Pico now? I, no. I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> hey. Because a, a wad, man, a wad, a wad can, he can, he can throw, man. Like, I mean, dude, that's the one thing he has. He can spark just about anybody. Like, he's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. isn't it, it make Pico's, it up, but... yeah, Pico's at 145 now, though, right? Who knows? So he's going to fight like Patricio Pitbull. Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> totally realistic. Oh, man. Two other quick mentions on that card, I guess, before we hop over to the UFC. Uh, Logan Storley uh, wrestled uh, Matt was it Sikor. Sikor. Uh, t- yeah, Seeker. Yeah. The shit's in him, 30-27. like 27. It was a pretty pretty one-sided fight. Um, Taiwan Claxton. Uh, Taiwan Claxton. Got a nasty flying knee KO. Like, <laughs> I've never seen so much elevation. <laughs> like, he jumped like he was trying to dunk on somebody and just happened to throw a <laughs> knee. <laughs> like, he has so much elevation when he jumped. That knee was nasty. Like, yeah, if if there's any KO you need to watch from that card, you have that. That KO was, was oof. It was also yeah. started from, like, five feet away. Right, yeah, like, like... I hate to... I hate to compare it to something MMA and, and this, but it's like you ever see the action movie where the guy gets the final kill on this right? <laughs> and he like leaps into the air and he crosses insane gaps just to get this guy. Yeah, like, that that's what that was. Heroic. Yeah, that's what that was. But yeah, shout outs to him, man. That was a brutal KO, and I think that was his um debut. I think. Yeah, his pro debut. Pro debut. So. The UFC is gonna have a hell of a bumper crop in 2024 when they buy out that fucking Bellator. <laughs> you have all these great young talent. 
No, that's one thing I can, I think we can give credit to Bellator for doing. They're doing a very good job of getting these guys who are not ready for the main time. The main they're not ready for big time MMA for big fights, but just grabbing them early and developing them, and you turn them into something. It's they're they're lottery tickets. All right, yeah, human exactly. tickets. So. It's that strike force method. Yeah, and I mean that's one thing Coker has been great at. I I don't agree with a lot of the things he does in terms of building big fights. Or in terms of just kind of building the brand overall, but those that those challengers type things, that's where the bumper crop of MMA now is coming from. So, good on them. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for Bellator 186. It was a pretty solid card. Um, got some good knockouts. I skipped the main event, but it is what it is. <laughs> I do feel. I I mean, I feel like Jesus. I feel like Bellator is proof that good cards don't always equal good ratings. Because they've been putting on some pretty solid events recently, like events that are exciting and you get some great finishes and, you know, the numbers haven't been there for them. But I think the numbers not being there for them is more related to the fact that this industry will continue to revolve around the UFC until there is no UFC. So when the UFC is down, Bellator goes down with them. So I think that it's not about having a good card. It's about having it's about it's all like time and place. So event wise, they're doing good in terms of putting on good shows. I've enjoyed the last few that I've seen. It's just a shame that it seems like there's not a whole lot of people seeing them. Yeah. They got to bring back uh, Shamrock and Gracie. Like oh, it's coming. <laughs> get, get those numbers back up. I mean, you know, but that that's... I guess that's the punishment of relying on that method, is that when you do put on a fight like Dantas and uh, Caldwell, it doesn't generate because it's not that kind of freak show appeal. It's just a fight on a, on a Friday night. You know, so... The, the Musasi number was weird. I don't understand why it was so low, but we'll see what this one does. There was a lot of buzz in MMA this week, and I thought it got a few more eyes than normal, so we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of eyes and... Oh, my every, God. Yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just get into it. <laughs> That's a solid segue, considering Michael Bisping only has one word. Right. <laughs> first, first and foremost, how fucking dare you say that? <laughs> first off... Can you let my dad's body warm up a little bit before you start burying him? Oh, man. Last night, uh, a card for the ages. Like, if you didn't see this one, boy, did you, um, yeah, you missed out on some legendary just madness. Just everything. Was, everything. everything. Was crazy. Yeah, man. UFC 217, Bisbing versus GSP. Um, yeah, we'll we'll just start from the top. We'll we'll just start from the top. Um, this main event. Um, oh yeah, man. I there were so many emotions and like mood swings for me watching this fight. Like for for listeners, if you don't know, like GSP is my all time favorite fighter, but like Michael Bisping is also like on my list of. I'm I'm you know I think me and Joey are like one of three people in the U S who root for Bisping. <laughs> so, yeah, we're the Benedict like, Arnold guys. Right, yes, like this, this whole operation. This this fight for me was just really weird to watch. And then like when they made the first of all, it was weird that GSP came out first. Like that was the first thing that. Yeah, was just... that was like I had those flashbacks to UFC 168 when Anderson Silva made the walk for the first time in in at least my viewing career because I got into the UFC so late that Anderson was already this dominant being. He was almost like a supreme entity for some people. And it was like seeing GSP enter first, because GSP was my Anderson Silva. Like, he was the guy who I loved. So seeing him enter first was just so, like, I was mind-blown right off the bat. Like, first he goes down first. 
And then I'm noticing while he's walking, I'm like, there's something missing. There's something missing. Oh, there's oh. a re- re- Reebok. You guys don't make geese. You can't. Somebody could have gave him a gee for this fight. Just... Dude, they could have made GSP a gee and then sold it as like a like for apparel. I don't understand. Right. I wonder if he doesn't GSP have a uh, doesn't he have like a deal with Under Armour? Do you think maybe that was a like they, do they have Under Armour gees? Well, like they also have the USC fight kit though. Yeah, you would. I'm just like I'm just trying to I'm trying to give them the benefit of that. I'm trying to delay the fact that at some point we're gonna have to talk about. What <laughs> Point is, we needed a fight kit gi. I could have at least gave him a headband. Like he had no gi, no headband. He it's came down. He came out dressed up like it was an NBA warm-up game. Like not, <laughs> to, not to not to take anything away and not to jump ahead or backwards in the card, but they did make the the Dillashaw snake snake shirt. So I got to give them. I can't be too mad. I didn't even notice that. You didn't notice uh, Dillashaw's mm-mm. snake print? I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> but um. Yes, as far as this fight goes, man, um, like, literally when the bell started, I was like, I, who am I supposed to be rooting for again? Like, I don't, I don't know. And, but, oh, man, I don't get, I don't know how to even dissect, like, what I watch. Well, I, no, you know what, I'll say firstly. Um, my first initial thought was, all right, DSP, you've been gone for four years. A- at bare minimum, even if you lose, just don't don't do what BJ Penn did to me. Like, don't come out and have me wondering why you came back. Like, so after like the first minute or two, I, I felt comfortable. I was like, okay, he looks he looks good. Like, he looks really good. Like, he he's moving. He's he's planning his feet when he throws punches, which was, I don't know. Like, it was just it was so bizarre to watch. And like when he started landing shots, and I was like, oh snap, like. What if Bisbee gets knocked out? And then that's when my mind switched. I was like, who am I rooting for again? Because if he knocks him out, that would be kind of epic. But I kind of don't want to see Bisbee get knocked out. So I, I kind of need that not to happen at the same time. <laughs> well, GSP took know. care of that for you that now didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll say, man, though, like, I, from GSP, man, I, I really, really liked what I saw. And not... I'm I'm gonna look at this fight in terms of just this moment. I'm not gonna jump ahead as far as oh who is he gonna fight next, blah blah blah. That'll be another conversation. But like for this fight at this moment, I thought he looked really good. Like he's out there, he's landing his Superman punch, the the patent Superman punch, often like followed by the low kick. He landed a few times. He looked ridiculously strong with takedowns. Like <laughs> he was just kind of like muscling Bisbing around with takedowns. Um, I will give Bisbing props, though, that, like, even when he was on his back, like, he was throwing those elbows, and it's it's not a George fight if he doesn't look like he got hit with a machete in his face, so, <laughs> like, Bisbing caught him with an elbow, like, while on his back, immediately Bisbing's face just, I mean, uh, GSP's face just goes, like, blood red, um, I was kind of surprised that Bisbing wasn't I thought he was going to be a bit more aggressive, but then I guess you factor in takedowns. I, I guess I can see why, but it's like I thought he was going to press a little more, and I felt like he was, I don't know. Like, he, he pressed a little bit in the second round. He I think he got a bit more comfortable, but even then, like, GSP was still working the jab, still tagging him, Superman punches, sidekicks, takedowns. Like, I don't know. Maybe Bisbing just 
quite an overload. Like, he just didn't know what to defend or... I don't know. But, yeah, third round happens. Um, Beautiful duck when that, like, that knockdown happened. How he just kind of ducked under, came up with the left hook. And, yeah, when, Bis- when Bisbing got cracked with that one, like, I cheered. And then I was like, oh, no, am I supposed to cheer for that? Like, I know this is a moment, but... <laughs> But yeah, it was it was so weird to watch. And then this being, you know, he goes out on the shield, he doesn't tap. But yeah, you knew once once GSP sucked that rear naked choking, like that that was in deep. And yeah, Bisbing goes to sleep. And then I, I guess I, I was kind of happy. Like I, I was happy for GSP though. Like you you've been out for four years, you know. You come back, you come up a weight class. Albeit, I know people listening. And I know my friends listening, and I know y'all are gonna hate on this. And we, I yelled at y'all last night. We all yelled at each other, but I, I gotta give him his props. You, you can say what you want about Biz being being champ. This man took four years off, came back, went up a weight class. You can say what you say that it was a quote unquote easy fight, whatever, whatever. Fact is, he came back, he went up a weight class, he won a belt. I don't know what else you want from him. I don't know what else you want from him. So. But yeah, this fight was wild to watch. Like it was, it was so many emotions, so so many emotions. So I'll let one of you talk while I gather myself. <laughs> um, do I know my? Yeah, uh, well, mine's mine's pretty quick. But you want to know what my first thought was when the fight started? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, he's punching as good eye. <laughs> oh my god that's that's a heel move first and foremost gsp is like the king of heel moves like he's like john cena where like he like when john cena's like facing off with another baby face he just like teases heel moves like arguing with the ref over three counts there we go gsp is john cena we've confirmed can, can they, i was just waiting for the rap out oh my god but um, no, so what I expected to happen was after a round or two of GSP just like not battling, but like basically a little bit how the first round goes without him rocking Bisbing. <laughs> oh God! Um, but yeah, without him rocking Bisbing. Um, so it, it would basically be him controlling the fight, like landing with the jab, being faster, getting the takedown, but. And we saw this a little bit towards the end of the second, where like it just seemed like to be like the momentum was swinging back towards Bisbing's favor. Like he was getting busted up with those elbows on the ground. Like his stand up didn't look as sharp. Um, he was moving a lot less. Like Bisbing was starting to get a little uh, get a little bit going, and like I, I really expected that how the, that would like factor in later in the round, like later in the fight, like third, fourth, fifth round. Turns out it didn't happen like that. G- GSP just comes out and cracks him with a hook in the third round. Like, just straight up out of nowhere. And I think it's pretty It's pretty clear that GSP's inability to finish has just been because he's been the champion. He's just been defending his belt as opposed to chasing finishes. Like, like he said, he just needed that hunger. I, I think it. that's a fair way to put it. I, I, I also think that stylistically he had some... Jake Shields is not a guy you finish. Uh, Carlos Condit, good lord. I mean, you know, that was the fight where he was fighting to survive for the most part. Um, not fighting to survive like he was in trouble a whole lot, but just 
Condit gives you so many angles, so many different challenges, so many stylistic things he can do that there was never a moment of comfort where it's like, all right, he can open up here and really start to put ground and pound together. Or he can really put it together on the feet. Like, Condit's one of those guys who's always dangerous. And then Hendricks, I think, is a fight where he just, he wasn't right for some reason. Yeah. So, uh, I can understand what you're saying there. But, so is it my turn to go now? Um, yeah. You got more. All right, well, uh, so much of this fight was an anomaly in so many different ways. So much of this fight was not, like, GSP, it, it's been said, GSP tore his ACL. He wasn't coming into this. He tore his ACL is the reason why he took an even longer layoff. I think he would have been back sooner had he not. Torres ACL has been gone. He's going up in weight. It can be, it's not white and black. It can be any shade of color you want to throw in there. It's totally acceptable to say that Bisping was the easiest fight GSP will ever have at 185. Totally fair, reasonable. It's also reasonable to say that GSP did something monumental. It's fair to say that he did something amazing. It's fair to be honest about what we saw last night, which was one of the greatest single-handed stories ever in MMA, one of the greatest comebacks ever in MMA. As a Bisping supporter, as a Bisping fan, and I'm honest that like I'm one of the rare guys who really does enjoy Michael Bisping, um, it, was, it was a little tough. It was not tough to see him lose because I've seen him lose 25 times. <laughs> it, was, it was tough to see him lose a fight where he shouldn't have lost in theory. Like You're fighting a guy who's coming back from this insane layoff. You, you're bigger than him stylistically. You can, you know, you, you have a style that can survive. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. What we saw last night was just something you have to cherish and appreciate because it's so rare. Rashad Evans comes back. Rashad Evans gets hurt, takes time off, comes back. He's not the same. We're watching Anderson Silva slowly degrade with each performance, in my opinion. We're watching BJ Penn get crushed every time he comes out. Uriah Faber was, you know, we saw Uriah Faber have this amazingly. I don't want to say quick decline, but a decline where it was noticeable and got progressively more noticeable as his division got deeper. We've watched guys come back or just, you know, get old and have to live through that my favorite fighter got old feeling. Right. It doesn't matter if Bisping was a stylistic, if Bisping was the weakest champion GSP will ever fight in his life. It doesn't matter about that. It only matters that he pulled off something that no fighters of his kind ever do. And to me, that's why he's the greatest fighter of all time. Now, we can have that discussion whenever, you know, that's a future discussion. But what he did was almost insurmountable. And I, and I think that it's okay to say Bisping's a weak champion while at the same time acknowledging that what we saw was very special. And I would even go as far as to say, like, he almost looked better in this fight than he has in, like, his last maybe, like, two to three like I would I would concur with that. Yeah, this might be the most like confident I've seen. Like literally like I, I mentioned this earlier. When when GSP is planting his feet and throwing to like kill, I haven't seen that GSP in a long time. Like we're we're normally just seeing stick the jab, stick the jab, a few kicks here and there, take you down, wear you out because you can't do anything because I'm just way stronger than you. Like this dude was like he was going for it. And I think you had mentioned it earlier, like Whatever that hunger it was that I guess maybe he lost over time or whatever it may be, I, I saw that hunger in this fight. Like he was, he was going for the kill, and yeah, man, you got it. You have to give credit to that. Like you cannot like the matchup. <clears throat> you can feel how you want to feel about Bisbing, but fact remains, like you said, not a lot of people are. Well, can ever say like they did something like this. Like I, I left the sport for four years, and I just came back and won a belt. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, nobody else does that. I have to but, tear my ACL I mean, again. Right. Yeah, and I mean, this is, th- this is the third ACL tear. It's like, this guy is unreal. And, you know, we're never going to have a moment like this again. And I'm sure that, like, I'm sure that the other generation would say, well, Randy Couture, Tim Sylvia, but this wasn't even comparable, in my opinion. Like, that's the heavyweight division where shit happens that never, like, shit happens that should never happen. Like, heavyweight's no, not real MMA. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's fair to put it. If, if, if middleweight is the tough dads and heavyweight is the tough grandpas, like, it's a different right. universe. You can be, and it's like, look, this run is not going to last. I think it's fair to say this is not going to last. GSP is going to have to fight a Robert Whitaker. He's going to have to fight a Yoel Romero at some point. He's going to have to fight a Luke Rockhold. And this is just not going to last. But it doesn't matter. Like, let's enjoy what we have right now before we start, you know, planning his funeral, so to speak. Like, let's just let this happen. This is a good, a feel-good story. Let's have a feel-good story for a second. And that, that was my argument that I was having in my screaming match yesterday. <laughs> like, oh just, just let him live for a little bit. Like, everybody's already jumping to like, oh, he's not going to fight X, Y. He's going to duck so-and-so. I'm like, can, can we just let him, like, can we let this moment just settle and pass? And then and we'll get... And that's... Right, you know, and that's not GSP. Like he's he's always fought. Like he's he's the one guy I think you can say has always fought the guy he's supposed to fight. Right. Even Johnny Hendricks, who he he turned down Johnny Hendricks to fight Nick Diaz. He eventually did fight Johnny Hendricks. So I don't think that that's fair for him. Like I, I don't I don't think you need to hold GSP to the Connor principle. I guess. All right. Like and speaking of which, that's probably why he was looking so haggard towards the end of his run, like when at welterweight, like. Uh, he he, besides Jones, probably has had the toughest schedule of any fighter. Yeah, maybe Jones and Hendo. I don't know. Like, but like in terms of just like that period of where he was champion, he yeah he fought he the number one guy every time. Right. He fought yeah, the number one guy every time. AC, oh. he, he came back from an ACL tear in Fort Col- uh, Fort Colors. Uh, fought Carlos Condit. So like that's that's the kind of guy he is. Like he's not a guy who's gonna say. I won't fight him, I'll fight him, or I won't fight him, I'll fight. You know, like, he's always been that guy, so I don't believe in that. Yes. So, I guess, uh, aftermath of this fight. So, I guess as of at least what I saw this morning, per Dana White, but with Dana, you take everything with a grain of salt. It's a suggestion. <laughs> right. Suggest- at this point, right. He's suggesting this might be the case. Right. It's, it's the note in the suggestion box that somebody put in. We don't yeah. know if it'll happen, but, uh... G- GSP Whitaker seems like the next logical fight, and well, per, per Dana, he, well, he said. I was gonna say he also said he wants to bring GSP to Montreal because that makes all the sense of the world. And they just announced the card in Perth. I know that was my first thought. Like I would, if you're gonna build a star, you have to do it in Perth. I think. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody. I don't think you're gonna build a star if if if. Whitaker does what I think we would expect him to do, and uh, like that—that's going to be one silent building. It's going to be one quiet ass place. But you know what? Even so, like I'm done doubting GSP. Like he could win. He, I, I think he could take Whitaker down. I don't think he could. If Yoel Romero couldn't do it for five rounds, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't see GSP doing it specifically. Whitaker's ACL is not going to tear. You know what I mean? Or he's not going to hurt his knee so early in the fight. So, and that's amazing. Like. Whitaker fought off Yell Romero takedowns with one leg. Like that's this right. guy's unreal. So I, I, I would do it in Perth, but I'm also not a businessman. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, if, if I'm a betting man in that fight, 
I love DSP to death. Always will be the all-time favorite, but yeah, Whit Whitaker is a an animal. But yeah, like you said, I'm not. It's not out of the realm of possibility that somehow a DSP could eke out a win. It's also like, not out of the realm of possibility that Anderson Silva somehow gets a decision over Kelvin Gastelum. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> <do the fight. laughs> you know what, though? Like, honestly, maybe I have a different opinion. Like, maybe I'm a little different because, like, I guess that there was a certain magic with this fight that kind of, like, going into it, we were all very cynical. But then there was a magic to it. If you want to do Anderson GSP, as long as you keep Whitaker active as the interim champion, or you know what, just make Whitaker the full-time champion and do GSP Silva five rounds, no title. Like I think you can do that. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I don't think anybody would look at GSP negatively if he rescinded his championship because he's, you know, he's really not a middleweight. It's like when Cody. Oh no, no, I, I guarantee you, people. Will. Oh come on. I've, I've I've heard the the duck word oh, geez, so many times already. <laughs> I just think he's earned that right. Like he's been the loyal soldier. What he's he's not going to be around forever. Like you know, if he if he abdicated to to Whitaker, I don't think people would be too offended. Unless you really uh, just want to see GSP get punched in the face five rounds. I think there are a lot of people who want to see GSP get punched in the face for five rounds. Perhaps, perhaps. We, uh, don't, we don't care what McGregor fans have to say. I want to see the Whitaker fight just to see like if he can do it because I, I feel like there's no if you lose to Whitaker like there's no shame and. Yeah, like, Whitaker's I, I, on a run I, I, right now that, you know, like, his run is just insane that he's been on. So, like, if you lose to him, you know, I don't that doesn't diminish your legacy or or anything. All, but, like, yeah. if you pull that off and you win and you beat Whitaker, like, that just, at that point, you can't, you, you, you can't hate on GSP anymore. Like, you, you would have to just shut up for the rest of your life. Right. So it's, but for me, it's like... I saw him get hit with one too many Bisping lefts, and if Whitaker hits him, yeah, people, he, yeah. people pretend like Whitaker doesn't hit hard. He hits really like he can like he cracks. Yeah, he know? definitely cracks. And those and he's got kicks that people don't give him a whole lot of credit for either. And it's like I I wouldn't want to play around with that. Like I don't yeah. want to see the magic, you know. What, what, I, what did, I believe one of the comparisons was you know you might want to see Babe Ruth taking a bat. You don't want to see Babe Ruth play a whole game. <laughs> yeah, if you can bring him back, you bring him back for an at bat. You can bring him back for the whole yeah. year. Uh, I want. I'll root for the Whitaker fight just because. Also, I think Whitaker has earned the right at this point. Like, and oh, I think overall, did, I'm. I'm he, right. He the interim that. thing is getting on my nerves. Like overall, in the, I really I've never liked that in the UFC. Like I get it when people are injured. Like that's you know right. then it makes sense. But like nowadays, I feel like we're just throwing interim out just just because. So. I, I say you give Whitaker his title shot, and Bisbing, um, I guess at this point, man, this Romero fight, bro. Um, you can't escape it. Yeah. You can't escape <laughs> it. When, when Bisping said, I'm not retiring, I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. You, you, you probably should. <laughs> like, Romero's the one guy that if anybody ducked, I wouldn't give them any heat for it because I would duck Romero, too. But, yeah, at this point, man, you might. You, you gotta fight him. Like, there's no... It's, it, it's not that Romero's some unstoppable Goliath, but Bisping's style, his age... Yeah. It's literally gonna look like somebody beating up, an, like, a dad. Like, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, everything about that fight just screams, Michael Bisping, you need to hide. Like, yeah. <laughs> there are very few ways you can win that fight, but... Sometimes it's okay to just, you know... Just if I'm honest. if I'm Bisping, I'm angling for a fight in Manchester. I'd say do the third Luke Rockhold fight. 
I would say give me anybody who's not named Yoel Romero. That's, yeah. That would be my only request. <laughs> Romero gets Bisping down, and it's, it's not like he's, he may put him through the mat. Like, he may right. punch him through. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be mad at those. Either of those two would. Yeah, I, I feel like if you don't fight Romero, a third Rockhold, because I think also a lot of people still believe that the, his win over Rockhold was a fluke, which I don't understand at all. But, you know, I, I think either of those two fights would, would, would make sense. So he, he, here's, here's kind of a thing, like, the 2018 schedule came out, and there's an event in Charlotte, and then there, uh, event in Charlotte in January, and there's an event in March. Realistically, you have to assume that January is going to be Derek Brunson, because Brunson's from North Carolina, and March is going to be Bisping. So I'm wondering if they're just going to offer Bisping and Brunson to a bunch of middleweights and just say, whoever wants it, like, you know what I mean? Because... Brunson apparently has a fight in the works, and he's probably going to be the main event. And then there's Bisping, and you'd assume that whoever doesn't win the Brunson sweepstakes, so to speak, is probably going to wind up fighting Bisping in, in, in London. So, I have a name to potentially throw out for Bisping, by the way, if y'all don't mind. Go ahead. Tim Boach. Oh. I mean, it's Just possible. off a win, beat Johnny Hendricks, kind of the guy who... Kind of the guy who Bisping stylistically hasn't always struggled with. Uh, you know, Boach is the master of the uh, the win when you're not supposed to. I think that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, but that oh that fight would hurt my heart though if it's Boach just somehow. <laughs> well, cracked. because you assume <laughs> you, <laughs> you assume that London. Are you kidding me? The king of the tough dads, like Tim Boach, is the epitome of the tough dad. He should have the belt in this division. He's like, Mr. Gramp, Mr. Tough Dad. I don't want to see Bosch grab Bisbing's head. Oh, and no. Because <laughs> we all know what happens. If, Biz, if Bosch gets a hold of your head and those fists, those uppercuts start flying, you're done. Like, it's, it's over. I knocked that out. Oh. I, wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be mad at that fight. I, I think that that's, it's not a safe fight at all, but. I hesitate to throw out the word safe, but it is a it's a very it's winnable like fight. Every, every, every fight is unsafe. Yeah, well, it okay, literally well, is. You have to assume that March 17th is going to be a fight pass card, too, because it's in London, and they tend to do fight pass there, so... I don't know. Yeah. I just think at this point, with Biz being like, so many people were clawing at him while he had the belt that he didn't fight, that... I don't know. I, I don't know if he can get... I don't know if he can drop down and fight a Bosch. When they're yeah, guys in like the top three, they're, they're, they they won his neck still. <laughs> hey, so you know, who, do you think, who do you think Brunson would would get in Charlotte? Oh, uh, um, Brunson. I want to see I want to see Brunson and Rockhold. I do too. I would like to see that. See, I like that fight. For, for but, Bisping, I just for, thought of this. Um, what if they do the Anderson Silver rematch? I mean, I mean, th- there's something is there. Is November to March too quick a turnaround for Andrew? Because I'm under the impression that Gastelum is gonna he, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna put the boo boo on Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it might be too quick a turnaround, but at the same time, we've also seen the UFC throw Mark Hunt and like oh yeah, JBS yeah, yeah, yeah. out okay. there. And I if, know the, the one not to cut you off, but the one guy we can cut out of the equation is Weidman. I believe he's hurt again. Oh, uh, he's perpetually hurt. Because apparently Brunson was offered Weidman, and Weidman said, I'd like to take it, but I can't even train right now, so. <laughs> Who knows? Lord. Weidman is made of glass. 
Oh my god. Well, that's what happens <laughs> when your brother's beating the shit out of you when you're like seven years old to toughen you up. You wind up with some fucking knocks and bruises. Or whatever that family relationship is. Like his, bro- like his brother is straight up psychotic. I don't know. I like Chris Weidman, but like, I think you gotta kind of wrap him out of any conversation. Jacare's out there too. Good to Jacare with one of these guys. Yeah, true. But Jacare, they've got Brazil February 3rd. You'd assume he would be popping in there. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say for Biz being uh, whatever happens next, these fights probably aren't getting any easier. Um, no, I, I don't. probably could say that for GSP too. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Point. No matter where you go, these fights aren't getting any easier. Um, but yeah, man, that that main event was uh, it was something. That was a moment in history. I'm glad I saw this like in real time, and I was around other people, and I got to scream and yell and. <laughs> like, I think I'm, I'm just got to mention this. This is the third of like three title changes. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> I've been sitting here with my TJ Dillashaw take for like ten minutes now, but I don't want to stop talking about this fight and this like it's like it was like a where were you when kind of moment. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see what unfolds, how these future matchups roll out and such. Um, but yeah, let, let's get to this cold main. Um, because this, this, when this fight happened, like, I was literally, this was the one fight on the car where, like, I was literally, I was, I was sitting at the edge of my seat, literally. Like, I had to sit up in the seat and put my head all the way forward, and, like, I was on edge at, like, every punch. Like, any time somebody moved or threw something, I was like, oh, it's that, he's gonna get knocked out. And it was, oh. <laughs> ah, TJ yeah. Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, <laughs> Bantamweight title match. Oh man! You see, it sucked that Stokes is in here. Why? Right. Uh, is, he a, is he a? Uh... He uh, he he. Well, I'm not gonna say he's a Garbrandt fan so much. Oh. as he's a fuck TJ guy. Well, you know what? You know what? This is what hap- This is what happens when you're unprofessional and you don't show up. You wind up. You wind up. You wind up not being able to. Actually. He probably made a good decision. I, I give him credit. <laughs> love you, love you, Stokes. We miss you. I miss you. We miss you, Stokes. We do. I, I yeah, do. Stokes. I was excited to. Yeah. Stokes, yeah, we got to. Ho- hopefully I, we can, can get you on Can I start off a... the Dillashaw conversation real quickly? Actually, yeah, yeah. You can go ahead. Since uh, I, I not going to talk going. about all the fight. It was a very, off the bat, I could tell Cody Garbrandt was off. I think he got kind of sucked into some kind of uh, mind game or whatever the case may be. He came out winging. He was really tight. He was not as loose as he was against Cruz. Dillashaw looks like Dillashaw, and I think that that's the key. He's always consistent. He never changes what he's doing. He's always going to be that guy. He looked amazing outside of a few moments where he was tagged, I think beyond just that counter shot that stopped that dropped him in the first round. Uh, there were a few other moments where he got hit pretty cleanly. Second round, it looked like Garbrandt was opening up, and then I kept waiting for it. Dillashaw is known for his his head kick is amazing. And he didn't set it up the way he normally does, but he delivered on it. Garbrandt got caught because his hands are always down, especially when he's coming forward. Got caught with it, dropped, and I think from then it was just a matter of who was going to get who first. That was the knockdown for knockdown. It never felt like Garbrandt got back into it. He, he seemed hesitant and tentative after getting hurt, and probably the first time he's been hurt in a long time. And uh, Dillashaw, they threw, it was almost like the Hardy Condit thing, except Dillashaw was a second later than than uh than Garbrandt on the counter, and that was it. He went down and he never recovered. And then yeah. after the fight, the part that I really want to talk about was I felt like T.J. Dillashaw really grew up in a weird way. 
Like that was, you know, we talk about respect and obviously you, but he lost his fucking mind after that fight. And I think that that's sometimes you need to see passion like that in a fighter to get fans into him. Like watching him screaming and just losing his mind was just, he's gone through a lot of shit in this rivalry, you know, and he's been the guy who's kind of been always buried by the other half. So when he kind of just blew up, I, I kind of felt for him. You know what I mean? Like, that was that was his moment finally. I think he grew up a little bit. Yeah. That's right, man. On any Dude. other card in any other year, this would have been a fight of the year candidate, I think, because that was an amazing two rounds we got. Uh, for a lot of people, this was like, and I don't blame him for like a lot of people saying this was the real main event, which I, I wouldn't argue against. Like, I was really really hyped and interested to see how this fight was going to turn out and yeah i was just waiting to see who was going to be the first to land that first like big shot and yeah cody drops him in the first um i I was a little worried because when tj got back up like i felt like he tried to act like he was okay but you could tell when he walked back to the corner like his leg yeah yeah, his leg was still kind of like i was like oh man I hope you're not too, uh... He was angry, too. Like, like, you see him punch himself in the hand? This was like a... Yeah, this was a really weird fight where there was... Some title fights are just title fights. Like, it's guy A versus guy B, and they're both very skilled, and there's this great fight and whatever. This felt like more than a fight. Like, it felt really... Like, we have so much fake MMA, like, bullshit heat. This felt fucking real from start to finish, and you could tell. Yeah. But I liked it though, like it was real. But at the same time, like, like you said with TJ, he's he's always like he's just TJ. He's super calm. He yeah. doesn't allow himself too much to get rattled. And to me, like I think those were the only times where the fight wasn't swinging in his favor. Like I think he did have a few reckless moments. Like I, I feel like after he got tagged in the first, in the second, he was looking for that comeback hit. Like he yeah. was like, "You got me. I have to get you back." <laughs> right, and I think like, that may be the difference between guys like like guys like Dillashaw and guys like Bisping. Bisping goes into survival mode, and it felt like for Dillashaw, he was like like he had to get that moment back, and I think that was right. really cool. Yeah, he he was he was gunning for it. You could tell like he that head kick setup was like I think he like pawed his left hand out, and then just the head kick just followed. Like, and this, Cody just, that, that, like oh my god, the um, the paw with the uh, the jab. Yeah. He slides his right leg underneath him for the switch kick. And it's so seamless that I didn't rec- realize it until they did the replay from, like, the wide angle. Right. He literally just drags, like, it just sneaks underneath him for the kick. A- AC will tell you that, that, that Dillashaw's head kicks are always so perfect. Like, they are, you know, whenever he puts a gif up of a head kick from TJ Dillashaw or that combination that's just, like, that may be the best combination in MMA. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to say he set it up with, like, the takedown attempt, because, like, this comes after, um, like, it, it wasn't a real attempt. Like, he dives in on, like, uh, Cody's Did, hips. Yeah, he gave him something round. to think. Just gave him something to think about. Then he I dips think, down. Right? Yeah, yeah. Then he dips down again with the, um, uh, with a feint to, for the, uh, for, I want to say a single leg. Well, he, he basically just crouches and, like, reaches for his leg, and it gets a reaction out of Garbrandt. And then, like, he... I think what Gar, uh, Garbrandt expected was, like, a body kick or something, because, like, the way... Like, he throws his entire body back. It, it kind of reminded me of the um the DC Jones head kick. 
a little bit because he like brings his whole head to like the right side of his body and just yeah, lines and up just leans into it. Yeah, like I'm really surprised they didn't put him out. Yeah, I I feel like this fight came down to, and it was kind of what I thought. Well, originally I did pick Cody to win this, but the one thing about TJ that I kept in the back of my head is like I think TJ he just has more in the arsenal. So, like I mean, Cody has really great. <laughs> Flash like hand speed, like it's scary how fast he throws punches. But like TJ just makes you worry about so much more. Like you, you got this weird movement going on, angles that you just don't normally see. He's seamless from strikes to takedowns. Like it's so much more in his arsenal, I think. And uh, I think that was just kind of Cody's downfall. Is like with with TJ, it's just all right. If I can survive the hands, I'll be okay. But on Cody's end, like, you gotta watch out for everything, and, yeah, that, that last finishing sequence, when they both throw, but, yeah, ugh, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, <laughs> you know he what, cracked though? him, man, yeah, it's, it's amazing, this is a division where, you're like, the gap between when, when Hannah Burrell was this dominant force, fighting guys like Eddie Wineland, no disrespect to Eddie Wineland, but, fighting guys like that, it's what we have now, this division has really grown up so much in terms of skill, and if you don't like the 135 pound division, I don't know. What, I don't wrong. know what you're looking for. Like, right. it, this is when they announced. Well, they didn't announce it. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But when they hinted at Mighty Mouse Dillashaw, I was upset because like I, there's so much good stuff going on at 135. I don't want to see it held up. Like, I want to see. We've got Cruz Rivera. We've got Lineker's back in there. We have this whole crop of really great young 135ers making their way up. I was just like, ah, really? Must we? But um, speaking of speaking of Lineker, like just because it brought because I was thinking about like matchups for Cody after the fight. I think that's a really bad matchup for Cody. Garbrandt needs to rediscover his wrestling. He can wrestle. I don't know why he's abandoned that. Uh, well, when your hand speed is that fast, I know, but it's like it's like just... it's like it's a bit like when Chuck Liddell, like there was the comparison made between Liddell and Garbrandt, and I think that's a really fair one. But at some point, you got to do a little bit more. Like, I want to see yeah. more from Cody, and I felt like when you have an aggressive, like you always learn about a fighter when you see how they have to operate in reverse of their natural ability. When you have a counter striker, you learn a lot about him when he has to go on the on the count on the attack. When you have a guy like Garbrandt who's aggressive, you learn a lot about them when they have to start counter-striking. And I felt like once Dillashaw started, I want to say in the towards the end of the first round, when Dillashaw was being the aggressor and landing first and Cody wasn't getting off, it was like, okay, we're starting to learn a little bit more about what Garbrandt can't do. And you're right, he's got to find something to supplement his power because... We're getting to the point where the Thomas Almeidas of the world who have that, like, you you hit really hard isn't good enough for 135 anymore. you got to have something else to bring with it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that finishing sequence, like, I, I think that's, like, we, we saw, like, a lot of, like, Cody's problems that were hidden from the um the Cruz fight. Right. Where he, they're literally just standing in the pocket. And the big difference I saw was the footwork. Um, the head well, movement. The head movement and the footwork. Um, that was me. I was like, Ooh. Uh, the the um the hook that TJ lands when he's uh coming in. Uh, I mean, at the end of the sequence. So he he, I'm sorry. One moment. No, we're good. You want me to? You want me to take this over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go. Ahead. Uh, 
Oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I can't. I, I don't know where he was gonna go with that. I can't finish the point. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> he didn't, no, he didn't sorry, leave me no, off sorry. on a part where I could make up something. No, sorry, sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Um, <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. No big deal. So what Garbrandt does is he, uh, what not Garbrandt, what he, what does is he shifts into the hook. Like he actually shifted into like both his punches, like because he does he throws it straight. I want to say his right leg follows, and then he steps out with the left for the hook that fo- that comes afterwards from the right hand side, and it just drops. It completely wrecks Garbrandt's world, while Garbrandt literally is just standing straight up, like yeah. he like he lands that big hook that Dillashaw just eats. But like at that point, both his feet are underneath him. He's kind of squared up, and he has no base to eat the punch. It's so. a really weird fight to compare. We got to go all the way back, but there were little things that Garbrandt was doing that he was doing against Henry Briones. Yeah. Little things where if you can't knock him out, he gets flustered almost. And it felt like there were parts where he's like, all right, well, I just hit you clean. You're not going anywhere. And it was very interesting to watch his first off, I, like not, not first off, but to go back, Garbrandt's going to be back. He's going to be in the title picture again. He's way too talented. But there are parts of his game that maybe he learned something he needs to fix. And I think that that's good. It's good to, it sucks for him that it happened against a rival, but it's always good to learn about things you can do differently. So I, I, I'm, still, I'm still very, very high up on Garbrandt, but this was Dillashaw's night. He exercised some demons. Like I, I, I 100% expect Garbrandt to hold the title again at some point. But like, like you said, we learned a lot about what he can't do as a striker. Yeah. And though none of those flaws are fatal flaws, I don't think. Like, because I've seen no. him move his head. Yeah, like, they're all him, fixable. Yeah, so it's not like this guy's not going to be going away for a while. Like he's he's got some. Maybe you give him a step back. I I don't. I, I would do a rematch personally because I think that rivalry is still really hot. But I understand wanting to do. Uh, I guess it would be a super fight. Yeah. Um. A little. Super I, I think. I think. It, yeah, I was. I think it's fair to say that's a super fight if they do, but I don't want to see Dillashaw go down. I would rather see DJ come up. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if, if 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 Mighty Mouse comes up to 135, I think he'd have to. He'd have to stay there, wouldn't he? I, cu- I couldn't see him coming up and then going back down. Uh, only if he won. Right. If he loses, he can go back down. But if he wins, like, you can't have him win. Beat. Dillashaw and then go back down. Yeah, then nobody's down. nobody's gonna care about. No, no offense. I love flyweight, but if the 125 champion beats the 135 champion, nobody's gonna immediately start caring about 125. It's just gonna be about Mighty right. Mouse. Yeah. yeah. How many uh, pay-per-views do you think that would sell, Mighty Mouse and Dillashaw? A better um, a better question is how many does it add to the um as a Coleman event? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, which what, is sad though, because know, that would be such an awesome fight. I I mean it like. If that doesn't get fight fans excited, that kind of a fight, then I don't know what you guys want anymore. Like, yeah. This is a two... I, the only argument I can make was that I'd like to see Dillashaw defend his title once. Just to have, like, hey, he didn't just win it and then get vaulted up. Right. Like, even RDA had to defend against, although technically Connor won his belt and then fucked off, but... like. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won his belt at 145 and then immediately went into a 155 fight, but even so, he was the interim champion, I guess, so it was a little different, but... I'd just like to see one fight for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not mad at uh, if they run a Cody rematch back. or Cruz who, who, I forgot. Who's, who's, who's uh, Rivera have a fight? Rivera Cruz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. UFC so, 19. 
I'm not going to be yeah. on if, if Rivera has to fight for the title because I know one guy who's going to be really not even going to be seeing it. He's not <laughs> even going to see TJ in the cage. It's going to be a one-man show. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? Like, how do you think I'm going to react when like he's fighting Cruz? I don't know. I'm not, I think we may need to not talk that week. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to see anything that Cruz does in there. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, I'm the same way with Kelvin Gastelum. Like, it's not even going to be. He's not. Kelvin Gastelum has a one fight. He just fights himself. Literally, too. He's fucking up all the time. But um, oh, I, I, I'd love to see the winner of Cruz Rivera get uh, Dillashaw next. Like, because if Rivera, um, I mean, not Rivera, if Cruz wins, there's something there, too, you know? Yeah. It, it's not just, um, it, it, maybe it's not the same heat that Cody has, but it's a rematch. It's still com- something. Yeah, it's a rematch yeah. from a competitive fight that had a lot of people watch it, at yeah. least more than average, so... No, I think it did a big number. Like I think it, that show did a big number. So you're right. Oh yeah, it was one of those playoff cards. Yeah, right. and I mean, if you had to be, if you had to be a little bit positive as for a super fight, guys like Matthew Lopez, Marlon Marais, um, we saw Ricardo Ramos, Ricardo Ramos this weekend. Like those 135ers who are really starting to develop themselves and kind of make this division really hot, they can maybe get a few more fights to establish a pecking order, and then there are names that you can fight. So it's not just like, well, who's he fighting this guy? It's like you create kind of like some, you can create a little depth and a little interest. So maybe that's not a bad idea if you put them on ice with a, yeah. a, with a super fight. Yeah. I mean, but... and I, and I, I just saying this, I, if somehow Mighty Mouse moved up and actually did beat Dillashaw, you got, you could run back the Cruz fight. That would be really yep. cool. Brad Pickett have to. retired, but he can come back out too if he needs to. Get that, <laughs> get that Mighty Mouse Pickett burn again. Yeah, Mighty Mouse just kicks Dominic Cruz for five rounds is plantar fasciitis or whatever it's pronounced. God, he kicks, he just kicks the muscular atrophy. Yeah. <laughs> no, one thirty-five is a great division. I just don't understand. Like I like when I hear people talk about flyweight, I kind of understand. But when you talk about one thirty-five, it's like the best talents there, and there are fight yeah. finishers. Guys hit hard in this division. So. Yeah, that that Man, fight though, the fight was awesome. It was amazing. Um. Yeah, no matter who TJ fight next, like it's gonna be a great fight. Like it, he has so many good options. Like, would you do? This might be a lot of fun. Would you do Garbrandt against the winner of Dodson Morais? Ooh. Oh, I feel man. like that has action. Cody on and Dodson. Cody and well, you know what? I think. Oh my God, Cody and Dodson. I wouldn't want to hear Cody talk about Dodson. For some reason, I, I feel like that fight. I feel like that fight on paper is really exciting. Yeah. But I feel like the way it might play out, like I think Cody and Marias would be more fun to watch for some reason. Like I feel like there would be more, something would be going on. I think Dotson and Cody might be a lot of, well, I don't want him to touch me with it, you know. I don't. Yeah, there would be a lot of circling. <laughs> yeah. Can, I can see them giving him a Matt Lopez too if he beats Rafael Santo. If Matt Lopez beats Rafael Asuncao, he deserves, he definitely deserves. Because Matt Lopez is one of those guys who, like, they signed him off of those looking for a fight. Because we're, we're going to wind up talking about looking for a fight on this card. But they signed him off looking for a fight. They gave him a big name out the gate he probably didn't need. Like, Haniyaya is a massive fight for a debut guy. And since then, he's been nothing but impressive. So I, if he beats, beats Asuncao, he deserves somebody on that top five list. You know. And Lineker, I don't, I don't know what you can do with Lineker. 
He'll punch his way into a fight. He'll... He did not. <laughs> he did not look as as sparkling as uh, to steal a uh, fight night's phrase. He didn't look too great against against Vera, but I think that's because people are starting to realize that Vera's really good. A fucking good fight. <laughs> a fucking good fighter off of because people don't like to admit it, but those tough Latin America guys, now that they're getting some serious training and some serious tutelage, they're good fighters. So, you know. We'll see, man. But 135, top to bottom, man. They're killers in every direction. Yep. So no, nothing but good fights can come from that division. Um, This next fight. This was the Hobble. one fight on this card I was legit like, oh, like, that happened. <laughs> like, I was le- I was, <laughs> I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I was legit shocked at this fight. Um, Rose Namajunas, um... She she was the one who kicked off this card with stealing belts. Um, <laughs> Rose Namajunas, Joanna Janjacek. That's, that's a great way to put it because she stole on Joanna. She yeah. yeah. So, oh man. Oh, uh, let me. Can I get first crack at this one? Yeah, go ahead. So um, I was going back over in my head about like who's Joanna's beaten up until this point, but um, and just how Rose matches up with her, and there was just like a few things before the fight that I didn't take into account. One was, um, Rose is like the most mobile fighter that Joanna's ever fought. That's yeah. That's something that I was like, yeah. Like, and she, like, like you said, she has like way underappreciated power and she's probably like the straight up fastest person at 115. Maybe like Torres, but like in terms of just straight up like speed and being able to get in and out, you double that up with her. She, she's the best oh. athlete at 115. Yeah, by like a was mile. Like, that was the only thing that I looked at. I was like, well, she's fast. She's a pretty good athlete. You know, maybe a scramble, but not what we got. No. Add, and add that in with the fact that um, she's long as shit. Like, gee, is she longer than, like, Joanna? Like, she has to be. She was she was last night. I, I, I was re-watching this fight this morning, and I didn't realize it the first time. She covers distance. Like, yeah, <laughs> she was leaping in with that left, but like she covers distance really, really well. Like she was tagging Joanna with that leap left, like every time she threw it. Well, like she covers distance, but she's still because she's so long and she's so powerful. Like it doesn't, it's not really like jumping all the way to the inside like somebody like John Lineker does. It's like jumping to like just where she can land her punches. Right. And, like, Joanna had no answer for that. Like, she never even was allowed to, like, feel her. She was basically not even allowed to feel her out because, like, anytime she would try to engage, Rose would just, like, move out of the way. She'd just back out the exchange. Like, she refused to exchange with Joanna on her terms. And, it, it, like, it was just, like, straight up masterful. Yeah, Trevor she... Whitman's very underrated. He is. I think we learned that last night. He uh he cracks he he cracked the code like he he, he installed the <laughs> matrix pro he installed the matrix program and man like it was yeah man like I I never thought I would see the day that not that I never thought I'd see Joanna lose but like I didn't think I would ever see her just get cracked like and she had small moments I think she threw like a few flurries but like other than that man she was. She was getting tagged like it. I never thought I would see her just kind of get handled like that. Yeah. And, and in, then, in re- oh, no, go ahead. 
You know what I'm saying? And then, like, when I rewatched it, it looked even more dominant. Like, <laughs> it, like Rose was never worried at all during this entire fight. Like, she... Like, that stone face that she had at the weigh-ins is, like, what she had at the fight. Like, there was no worry. There was no... I don't know, man. She was on some silent assassin, like, I know I'm going to kill you. I just need to wait for my perfect moment. And my God, when she cracked her with the left, I think that, that was a screaming moment. Part of the reason why I lost my voice, because I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. And, well, I guess because we talked about it uh, before the recording, the whole, um, she gets cracked with the left, eats some ground and pound, taps the strikes. I mean... I'm not mad at anybody who taps the strikes. Yeah. After, especially the way she got floored, man. Like there was no, there was no coming back from that. Like you, you kind of know you're done. And and you could tell, like when Joanna got back up, she was trying to walk around and act like she didn't want help. But like if there was no cage, she probably just would have fell over. Like she, yep. she was in La La Land. She she was gone. That's but a good way to put it. Yeah, amazing performance from from Thug Rose. Like that yeah. that was. That was something to watch. That was basic. This like we've basically been waiting for her to become this fighter, ever since like we like Invicta. Invicta, like, yeah. And it's like watching that fight. The one like first going into the fight, the only thing I thought was like I had two thoughts as to how Rose could win. The first is that, and I've been like bowing, I've been banging this drum for like thirty years. Joanna's been in really tough fights. She has a really long combat sports career. She did damage to, she, I don't want to say she's doing damage to her body, but she may be. Cutting to 115 is not easy for her. So there's a lot of factors all added in. She got dropped against Claudia Gedalia. She got wobbled and like backpedaled by Karolina Kowalkovich, uh, and she doesn't, Kowalkovich, and she doesn't have great power. And against Andraj, she didn't get hit much, but the ones that did land left an imprint, which isn't a surprise because Andraj is hard. She even got dragged in a little bit by Laterno. Yeah, there were moments against Laterno where she was also yeah. hurt. So it's like, she's not a fighter who... That chin has been a little shaky recently. And she has amazing recuperative abilities. And she's so offensive. So that kind of was like, if she can get that, if she gets hit, it's always possible, that kind of thing. And the other thing was that, as previously stated, Rose is the best athlete in this division. And she's never fought somebody who can move like that. Who can attack from awkward angles. Who puts things together from weird, funky positions and just has this whole package of things she can throw at you. I didn't think she would win. I'd be lying if I said I thought she would win. But there were, those were the two things that, like, maybe if you give her a shot. I did not expect her to shut her down uh, defensively. And those Joanna flurries where she's throwing a million things at once, those only work if you're going backwards or if you're stuck. Rose never got stuck. She never got planted against the cage. She never got stuck where Joanna can just tee off. It was... Constant movement, constant angles, and by the time Joanna was, it, she was out of the fight basically like a minute in. She had already gotten dropped, and then it was just like, okay, well, let's see what happens from there. Any, anybody can get dropped, but, I mean, perfect plan, perfect team, perfect coach, perfect fighter. Yeah, I, I, and I'll throw it out there. I didn't, I didn't think Rose was going to win either, and I'll even go as far as to say, like, I wasn't as big on Rose as everybody else was. Like, I kind of looked at her the way I used to look at Kevin Lee, where like everybody else was so hype about them, and I was like, I don't see it. Like, I just, maybe I'm just missing something. Clearly I was. (laughs) Clearly I I just was, I got to go back and watch the tape. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong. I don't think anybody was wrong to feel that way. She kind of lurked under the radar. Angela Hill is probably, 
I want to say Angela Hill is her best win going into this fight. And no disrespect to Angela Hill, she's a great fighter, but not like... You wouldn't be like, oh, she beat Angela Hill and she beat Michelle Waterson. She's definitely going to beat Joanna or even be competitive. So it's like, woof. I don't know. I thought Andrade yeah. was going to beat Joanna, to be honest. But like, I did too. And same here. So Yeah, we yeah we both did. And after Joanna wrecked Andrade, I was like, ooh, Joanna might not ever lose. Like, <laughs> And then she loses yeah, immediately. Like, so like... Right. You know, it worked out. <laughs> and poor, poor Claudia. I mean, you have this rival who beat you, you. You fought her twice in close competitive fights. You lost both times. She loses. So now you have a chance to get back on the title, but you just got stomped by Andrade. So now it's like you're in the back of the line beyond the back of the line. You're out of the store. Right. You're like standing outside waiting to get in. <laughs> Yeah. You haven't parked your car yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't even left the house. Right. <laughs> and Rose is all up and down the cereal aisle just, <laughs> just yeah, looting and the, she got into yeah. the bakery right when the cookies were coming out she's got the hot right my god yeah and, and um rose is not to, just to kind of end my final whatever on it but rose is going to be a bit like gsp i don't know how long this rain is going to last but let's have some fun with it let's enjoy it it's it's different Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, and good feel good story. She's a great role model for people like her. So I approve. Of, like, I, I, not that I, not that she needed my approval, but like, I approve of this kind of a champion. It's nice to have a few champions who are different, who are like role models for certain people. Yes. Um. So, like, moving forward, they really have like all the options in the world for her, don't they? If you think about it, yeah. Like, Esparza all of a sudden is a contender again. Andrade is still there. Tisha Torres, you can do that fight again. Yeah, because, like, it's 1-1, one one and Torres ar- arguably should be 2-0. Oh. Um, yeah, that second fight was close. I thought Rose won it, but it was still close enough. I mean, yeah. I, I think that those two are popular. Do you, do that. Do you think, because Joanna has had a long reign, do you think she's earned the instant rematch, or was this fight too one-sided? That... I, I think she has, but at the same time, if I'm her team, like, you got to sit down after that fight and just be like, maybe 115 isn't for you anymore. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should go back and, like, work on some stuff now that we have and a better I'm, idea yeah. of how Rose is going to fight. And if I'm Joanna's team, I would look at history, and history is not kind to the champion who loses the title and then gets that immediate rematch. It's really not kind to those people. So I, I would... Not that you can be like, well, we can buck that. Like, it doesn't mean that you can't win, but... I can't think of a champion off the top of my head who loses the title and then gets that immediate rematch, and then it's like, oh, it just regains it. So I think 125 is where she needs to be. I think that this weight cut has been grueling for a long time. It doesn't make sense to keep doing it. I don't think anybody's going to turn face on you just because you're – or turn heel on you just because you want to move up and you don't want to fight for your title again. You can always go back down if you need to. But 125 is a fresh weight class, and she would probably dominate that weight class alongside Valentina. So, so you if, if you guys like if you guys want an idea of how hard the weight cut is for her, um, when was this? She fought was it Terra La Rosa in Cage Warriors, like all those years ago. Rosie Sexton is the one I remember. Rosie Sexton, that's the one. Um, she fought Rosie Sexton, and I think she came. That was at flyweight, and she came in underweight. Um, she was like 123, 124, and that's because she said she had like a long, hot car ride where she just sweated out a pound before they got to the arena. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
But she's like, I think they like this was around the time like the rumor started that the UFC was going to add the strawweight division, and um, she basically came out and said she wouldn't do it because the cut, the cut would almost kill her. All right. And that was how many years and how many wars ago? Yeah. So. I mean, she just go just go to one twenty five. It doesn't make sense. And I don't think I didn't see anything from Joanna that's going to make me be like she can. You can be the best technical fighter in the world. You can be the best, the most proficient fighter in the world. But there was, it was just like two different types of athletes in there. And I don't think you can make up, and I don't think a second fight is going to make up that athletic difference. You know, some, everybody, everybody has that. I remember like when I had a boxing trainer who I was good friends with, he always said everybody has an Iran Barkley. Like everybody has that one guy they can't beat. And I feel like this is like in hindsight, there's just no like I don't I don't think she can beat Rose in terms of just there's a better athlete there's all there's it'll always come down to athletics and I think that she's the better athlete. Yeah, the one person that just always has your number. Yeah, you always like again Tommy Hearns. And you might beat right? you might beat everybody else. Claudia just one has person. she is she is Claudia Gadelia's Iran Barkley. So you know everybody has one. You gotta just you hope you don't run into him. I, I will uh, just just to. I don't know, come to, like, the defense of Joanna, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, she got absolutely smoked here. But, we th- like, th- I-, I don't think this uh, a sway, uh, like, I-, I don't think we saw enough of Rose. Or we've seen enough of this I- Rose to know how she digs herself out of a hole. You know what I mean? That's a good. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good. Like uh, if she if she can do this again. Yeah. No, like, I think that's, that's, no, 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 yeah. totally fair. Like, totally fair. Like we've seen Rose do this whole uh, like as a dominant um, range striker before, like against Karolina Kovalevich. Like she was beating her ass for about four minutes until Kovalevich found something that worked. Right. And she just kept going back to it for like the next eleven, ten minutes. Um, I I don't know if that works for yo like Yan Jacek like I matter of fact if like they run it back I'm going to pick Rose to win it right the... no I, I I get what you're saying for me though it's just the weight cut plus the fact that she's already she didn't look good in any form or fashion in this fight and and it's it can always be a bad night everybody has a bad night but this weight cut plus the the damage the accumulation of strikes over so many fights plus the fact that she's been in all these wars plus the fact that Rose is a better athlete and I don't know. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I was her team, I'd just say let's let's go to flyweight. Let's but, go try but, flyweight. Yeah. Plus, whoever gets that flyweight title is probably going to be a way easier. You get wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Do we really like? You're gonna get the ads. You're gonna have such a massive highlight reel. Like I, when I you... love boxing, but like no. Oh my God. Our yeah. check. Oh my God. <laughs> no, and I, don't, I I I'll I'll clarify. Like I'm not saying Joanna's not a good fighter. I just don't think this is a good matchup for her, and I don't. And historically, when the champion loses, it's like, I'm trying to, like, BJ Penn. Remember how everybody was like, well, Edgar can't do that to BJ Penn again, and he just did it worse? Yeah. Like, yeah. there are always those. Yeah. I was, I, oh, boy, that, 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 that brings me back. That was the beginning. I used to hate Frankie. Oh, boy. I used to. You, you and everybody else who wasn't from Jersey. I used to I like hate Frankie. Frankie. Frankie Edgar, no, no joke, I bet on Frankie Edgar to win at UFC 118. So he made me money, so I'm happy for him. <laughs> Although fuck Frankie Edgar, 
come this Max Holloway fight because I've I've chosen my side. I'm on I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah, I guess to wrap up Young Jacek though, um, yeah, great performance from Rose, but yeah, I would say for Young Jacek, like at this point, at one twenty, I mean at one fifteen, you you pretty much done everything you can do. Yeah, like you, Although, you've beaten. Would you do Carolina against Joanna again in Poland? Because now there's no title fight holding you holding you from stopping doing that. I mean, hasn't Carolina like I don't know hinted that she might want to try 125? Because if you if you really want to run that fight, you can do it as a number one contender fight for whoever's wins the tough. Um, whoever no, but we just heard, we, we just heard Paige is fighting for the number for the title. We can't just camp two number one contenders. I mean, the UFC officials did say it wasn't happening. So yeah, I'm assuming. they recant so, so we'll, we'll see who has the real power. Well, no, and, uh... no, I was gonna say like, they said it's not <laughs> happening, so it's probably happening. Probably gonna happen, and it'll probably happen on on pay per view. Uh, that's yay. So I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't actually, now that you mention that, like, what happens if the 125 title it's being competed in a tournament, right? Yeah. So what happens if the finalist, one of the finalists, pulls out? Ooh, I assume one of the semifinalists I don't put somebody. Yeah, but that there's a belt on the line. You would have someone coming in there off a loss. Mm, that's a good question. Like Jessica is just sitting there, fingers crossed, man. <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> I, I, waiting for that damn. phone to ring. I guess oh, if you were desperate, there is that Rawlings Calderwood fight in November, right? Yeah. In November, or, we're in November. What am I talking about? Like yeah, like two weeks or something. Um, I mean, if called if Calderwood was to put it on Rawlings like she did Letourneau, I wouldn't be mad at that. To be honest with you, you can have a one fifteen or come up on short notice. Call you. They'll figure something out. The UFC is always doing some crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll figure some some kind of weird alternative. I mean, we we. We're not too far removed from Walt Harris taking a fight on like three hours notice. <laughs> We're talking about a card where a dude came out of retirement four year like four years off. So yeah, they'll do whatever right. whatever it takes. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure. They're out gonna something. bring back Larda Gust to fight for the flyweight title. And I'm I'm the only person who gets that reference, but it makes me happy. <laughs> well, my God, what's her name? Jesus Christ, she competed in Super Fight League. I'm trying to think of a. Sonia, 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 Sachevich, something like that. She competed. Yes. We'll put her in. I know you're talking. You know what's really great? I'm kind of stalling because I totally forgot everything about this next fight. So it's like, <laughs> you guys better have some great mods. Oh, man. Boy. Like, I just, uh, I'm blanked on it. Wonder Boy was sniping. Uh, oh, I guess we probably should do an intro. But <laughs> this, is, this is the fight no, that kicked the, off the card. Like an hour and a half, and I think they know this card. Yeah. Uh... Wonder Boy, Jorge Masvidal. Um, I I was I was a little worried. I'm not gonna lie when this fight got announced because I I was rooting for Wonder Boy, but like I thought Masvidal was gonna win because just Wonder Boy's been just been kind of eh a little lately. Like he's been there, but he's not all the way there. Like I don't know. I feel like he's been kind of shaky, and like Masvidal is just always game. Like you, you know he's gonna bring it every fight, but um. Yeah, man, Wonder Boy was, uh, he was sniping Masvidal, <laughs> like, I rewatched this fight this morning, and man, there was a point where, like, I can't remember what round, but, like, Wonder Boy threw, like, a left, and kind of just, like, pawed it out there, and, like, 
simultaneously like shifted to the right and then threw a right and like Masvidal just looked like he had no idea what just happened. Oh, that was the second like, round. Yeah, yeah, it was such a fluid motion. Like he looked like he had no idea was what that even when he happened. Got yeah, that's the one. No, I've been. Oh, was, was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it was. Wonderboy just had a lot of those moments where it was just like he was just landing like these shots that just Masvidal was just like, "What is going on right now? Like, how are you?" Just a lot of weird angles. You know, he always fights with his hands down, so I guess you can't really see the punches coming when they when they do. He's sniping these one-two combinations, and like you could tell, like Masvidal was he was still putting up a fight, like. But I just felt like he couldn't... It was no consistency with Masvidal. Like, he couldn't find a groove. Like, it was just... I felt like he spent a lot of the fight trying to figure out Wonderboy. And the, but at the same time, he wasn't getting anything off. Meanwhile, Wonderboy is just out here just... You know... And not to make it sound like it was an annihilation. But, like, Wonderboy clearly won that fight. Like, he, he, he was on it. He, I wanted to see that Wonderboy against Woodley... But, it, you know, that situation is what it is. But, yeah, Wonderboy looked really good. And then he <laughs> he landed a sidekick that literally just took Masvidal off his feet. Like, yeah, man. Wonderboy was, he was on at this fight. He, he looked really, really good. And I saw on Twitter that Darren Till wants to fight Wonderboy, and I'm all for it. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> this fight just kind of highlights how great Tyron Woodley is. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> actually looking at my notes. That's literally all it says is Woodley is the best neutralizer in MMA. <laughs> like, because Woodley went fifty minutes with this man and is still champion. I, I think it shows this entire one seventy is like the bootleg one fifty five. Like, everybody at one fifty five is fantastic, and everybody at one seventy is pretty good. But like at one fifty five, this guy can beat this guy, can beat that guy, can beat that guy, can beat that. Like. Woodley looks amazing, but this is still the same Woodley who lost to, like, who lost Roy, to, to Roy, Roy McDonald, McDonald yeah. Wonderboy beat, so it's like everybody's, like, just kind of all on top, and Woodley is the king of the hill as of right now. He's, but he's the best neutral. He has the one thing nobody in that division has, and that's legitimate, like, sleep power. And yes. Thompson but, got hit with some shots, from what I remember, from Masvidal, that if Woodley hit him, he would have been out. And it's like, that's why he's the best in this division. He has the best yeah. power. Yeah, um, and, like and and Wonderboy looked amazing here. Just like this was the most impressive Wonderboy uh, Wonderboy's ever looked, in my opinion, in the like the UFC. Like, and I, I I picked Masvidal going into this fight, thinking that um, we'd see more of the Masvidal that fought Cerrone. Mm. So he, like he would get after it, like every time like Thompson like. Even put one of his legs in the air. He tried to catch it and go with the counter over the top. And, and to his credit, we saw that a couple of times. Like there, he would dive. Like there was two instances where he dove in on takedowns. Pretty obviously wasn't trying to get him down. Just got to his hips. And as Wonder Boy was going to defend, he just stood up and try. And uh, Masvidal just unleashed like a couple hooks on him. Bless you. Thank you. I was trying not to make sure anybody heard that. <laughs> would have been I rude I if I didn't mention it. Would have been rude. I would have been a rude person. Uh, um, oh, man. But, it, like, yeah, like, there wasn't enough of that. There, like, there, he was even getting to the like, getting to Thompson with, like, the leg kicks, and he just, there wasn't enough of it. Like, this is the Masvidal that was losing split decisions at lightweight, except it was against a bigger, um, better striker than he's normally used to facing. 
Like you're not gonna win a kick fighting point competition with Wonder Boy. It's just not gonna happen. People need to stop being surprised that Masvidal starts slow, and by the time he's going, the fight's over. People need to stop being like, because I, I had somebody who sent me a message, and he's like, man, I expected more from Masvidal. Look like he started to get going. Like, that's just how he is. Like, he's got one speed, and it's slow and steady wins the race, and, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh... Don't do Woodley Wonderboy again. Like, don't do that. Don't do that to him, to anybody. It doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Like, because, and to, to his credit, what I believe when Wonderboy had it mentioned, he was like, yeah, I'd like to fight for the title, but I know that the last few fights weren't necessarily who I am. So, do Till, do Covington Thompson. You want to do that? Uh, please give me Covington Thompson. <laughs> right. So he can, what? I don't mean to go into fighter bashing, but. <laughs> right, go ahead. Go ahead. You. Yeah. Um, I would want to see that fight. So Covington can just get washed off the face of the earth. Like, that. Uh, just washed out of the top 15 like <laughs> like I'm, if i'm wonder boy i'm like do i like do i just like go out there and say i beat robert whitaker he did <laughs> i think people forget that yeah so like but to be fair that was like emaciated robert whitaker it was also like 21 year old robert whitaker yeah you really do forget how young he is like as a fighter yeah, but like, if I'm him, I'm bringing that up every time I get like a microphone. Yeah, I mean, like, I think Thompson could probably make 185 pretty well. I think. Oh yeah, yeah he's a pretty big dude. So, yeah. hey, maybe there's maybe there's a fight for the future. I know a rematch. I know that Covington turned down Usman, so I'd imagine. Of course, he turned down. <laughs> to be fair to Colby Covington, I did not. I don't want to defend Mr. Covington repeatedly. To be fair. You're going to have a hard time finding anybody who hasn't turned down Kamaru Usman. Right. Also, his, his face is probably still leaking. Yeah, from oh, uh, he was the great hands of <laughs> K-1 K- K- Maya. One Maya. <laughs> K-1 Maya was in the house. You cannot talk shit oh. after you get... <laughs> right. Maya. I wasn't on the... We, I would have lost my mind. I would have been kicked... I would have killed this territory if I had to... <laughs> But man, yeah, Wonder Boy looked amazing. Yeah, it was. Man, I'm looking at this card. I realize there's so many just other moments still that we haven't even. I know. I feel bad for Thompson. He has his best fight ever, and nobody's gonna remember it. Like nobody's gonna rem- like I couldn't remember it. There's so much that happened on this show. We got head kicks. Hendricks got mauled. Jesus Christ. I guess we'll just keep on going down the line. I, I legit <laughs> forgot Wonder Boy fought on this card. Like. Or was going to play on this card. <laughs> I've literally got, I want to say, three fights that I really want to talk about. Like, on the prelims. And they were all great fights. Like, every fight had something special. But this main card was just so ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this this main card was one for the ages. Oh, okay. Like, literally just every fight was just, like, bananas. But um, this next fight, uh, Paulo, Henrique Costa, and Johnny Hendricks. Um, first off, I'll say Apollo is like, uh, what's the old boy from Bellator 155? Brent Primus. I look at their physiques and I'm just like, what's the diet? Like, what's the <laughs> Captain, what's the Captain America, America like, it where's is, the, where's the horse meat? Right. Man, this guy it, is shredded. Well, like, <laughs> all I'll say is that in that fight, you could tell which guy was having the uh, Baconators nonstop. Right. Yeah, man. And you know what? Like, 
Hendricks is a he's a he's a good fighter, man. But oh. I wanted to feel bad for him in this fight, but I just I couldn't. It's like I, I, I feel I like think this it's fight fair to say that Hendricks was a good fighter. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. not, well, he, he had he had moments in this fight. I was, like, was going to say he beat Lombard, but then like that's not. Yeah. yeah Anthony Smith did that and did it way more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like. Hendricks had moments in this fight where, like, he was getting tagged, but then, like, he started to fire back a little bit. But, like, you could just tell, man, like, Costa just looks like he hits, like, a Mack truck. And it just seemed like it was, you were just waiting for the moment where it was just going to end. Like, you knew it was coming. And I felt like this fight was just, like, Hendricks, his punishment for just missing weight so many times. Like, this was, like, this was, the, this was the punishment. That, that's why, like, I couldn't feel... Cause like every time Costa landed a hit, I'm like, oh my god, he hits hard, and like I wanted to feel bad for Hendricks, but I was like, well, this is what happens when you're at 170 and you're not, you're just missing weight, like it's your job to miss weight, and then they, they let you go to 185 and you miss weight and they spot you 15 pounds and you still, you still miss weight, like you deserve this at this point. I can't feel bad for you, but um. Yeah, Costa's a, that's a scary dude, man. That is a very strong, athletic, hits incredibly hard. Like, he's a, what's his record? 10 and 0, 11 and 0? Undefe- I think 11 and 0. Yeah, 11 and 0. So, I think. Yeah, he's 11 and 0 overall, 3 and 0 in the UFC. All, all wins by stoppage, all by TKO, or UFC wins all by TKO. Um,. Yeah, man. This this is a scary um this is a scary guy. That is a scary gentleman who Yeah, they offer me that fight. I'm not really I don't want to pick up that phone call. I don't know if I'm ready for that. So, um I've I've seen this comparison a lot and I like it. Like Costa is a lot like over when he was kickboxing and that he will just pin you against the fence and beat the ever loving crap out of you. And once he gets yeah. going, it's just next to impossible to stop him. <laughs> Unless you're Oluwala, you gotta throw some crazy shit out there. Those... <laughs> you gotta, like, throw Bang the Donkey Bozo's... Kong back. Yeah, what was it, like, a standing Donkey Kong, like, hammer? Right. <laughs> they weren't even close to one another. It was just like, get back now. You look like an action figure that you press the button in the back and the arm goes up and down. <laughs> oh, man. So I don't wanna, I don't wanna... I don't want to. I want to be careful here. I don't want to bury a guy. I need to see more from Costa. Because Same. as of right now, I hate to. This is like because the bells are going to go off for everybody. Eric Silva. Kind of that Eric Silva in the sense that he's amazing to watch. But we haven't seen him against anybody who you go, okay, well, I know who. Like, I know that guy's going to really test him. Like, Bang Bose, uh, Oluwale is fun as hell to watch, but he's a round guy. Once the round's over, you got it. Johnny Hendricks, I don't know what's left of Johnny Hendricks. And I believe his UFC debut was Gareth McClellan, and that's not really wowing me either. I'm excited because Brazil really needs a guy like this. Brazil really needs this kind of a fighter. And he's really fun to watch. But so is Eric Silva, and so I'm kind of just like very patient to see what I don't want to. I don't want this to be like a Thomas Almeida, another a Thomas Almeida almost. Although Thomas Almeida, you know, there's no shame who he lost to, but like, I gotta see something more, and I I, I need to see him take a step up. 
I think Thomas Almeida is actually a really good comparison, a little bit more than um Silva, because with like um Costa, I I see a lot less um spamming. That's a good way to put. I didn't mean to compare them. I didn't mean to compare them as fighters. I meant to compare them as like uh, no, no, the path. No. The path we're going. I'm kind of like everybody's really excited, but I saw the same thing with Eric Silva. I need to see him fight somebody who I feel he needs like a David Branch. Maybe not David Branch, the fighter. But like that mid-level middleweight who you go, okay, I know who he is. I know what he's going to do. I have an idea of what this fighter is about. I want to see him meet one of those guys. You know, three fights in, he's looked amazing. I'm excited to see him again. But I, ju- I just need to see a little bit. I need to see a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, like the things I see from him that I really like are just like he, he, he's smart with his shot selection. Like he, he's not just out there spamming overhand rights. Right. And throwing like spinning back kicks, like jump spinning back kicks for no reason, other than just to, like give some style points or whatever. Right, I got what you mean. But um, what really concerns me with him is his ability, like his defense. Cause yeah. We only saw like bits of it here because Hendricks and I. I really want to talk about like how Hendricks' game is just like completely dis- like dissipated. It's it's not even like a facsimile of like, his former self, but. Damn, we got some big words getting dropped in this bad boy. Yeah, but like, um, <laughs> uh, like when Hendricks would actually come forward and throw, like, uh, I keep wanting to call him Boracinha, like, but that was his, yeah. What happened with that? Like, that was his name, wasn't it? I, I think in if his English after the fight was any indication, I think he realizes that if he wants to make money long term, people are going to have to be able to pronounce his name. Well, they, he needs to get in touch with that. Muslim Selikov guy and, and let him know, <laughs> give him give him the secrets to success to make it in, in the United States based UFC. But uh, yeah, he no, he's he he basically he's like he he kept he kept the nickname, but it's in English now, so he's okay. Paulo the Eraser Costa. Perfect. He's working on his English. He seems to understand that part of the game, so I'm really happy about that. But like with his defense, it is basically arms up, back straight up. Until he stops punching, and then you can punch again. I thought he showed good survival instincts against Oluwale in terms of just like... Because Oluwale's coming forward at all times, so it was like that storm. I thought he weathered it very well, so I see what you're talking about uh, in terms of just the fact that his defense is not great. Sometimes I feel like he's a little too rigid. Like, you always get the feeling that he's, like, stiff, almost. Like, you yeah. were you were the first guy to really jump on Misha Serkunov for being this, like like a like, a human board. And and I'm not saying that Costa's <laughs> that kind of a guy, but like there's a little bit of rigid, uh, rigidity in his game. So I, I'm excited because I really want to see, like, I'm all for a new Brazilian who gets people really excited. The upside, like, the upside for this guy to me is like a JDS. Like, he has that kind of, not that he'll be as successful as Junior Santos, but Junior Santos picked it up quick. He understood that he needed to learn English. He understood that he understood kind of his persona, how he, how to how to portray himself on big shows. So, like, I think that there's high upside here. I'm just a little cautious. Yeah, and uh, one thing he has going for him is middleweight's not, like, lightweight or featherweight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for real. He, but he, can, he can track his way up pretty... I don't want to say track his way up fast, but he can yeah. he can get his name in some good conversation. Well, that and there's, like, this fluff. Yeah. Like once he's actually ready for like the or once they're ready to throw him to the big time, it's gonna be like a big step. But there's this isn't like heavyweight where you go from fighting 
uh, I don't know, like Copeland one week, and then like the next week you're fighting, the next time out you're fighting like um, Nganu. Yeah, I got, I got what you mean. Like Curtis Blades debuted against Nganu, and like his third fight he's fighting Omi Lanchuk, so I got what you mean. Yeah, so like th- there, are, <sighs> there are just some tough guys you can throw at um, Costa until he's ready. And or, he'll be a better athlete, I think, than most of the guys he faces. Absolutely. Like he's, he's so it's not like even if he's technically inadequate, like Uriah Hall. Like even if there's flaws, he's a good enough athlete. I think that he might be able to cover those. Yeah. Now there's a show in Brazil on February third. If you were a matchmaker, you're matchmaking. Is he on that card? That's the Super Bowl weekend card that normally does a pretty good number. It's in Brazil. He's a pretty. He might be kind of getting up there. You might need a Brazilian up and comer. Like is, do you try to squeeze him in on there. Because I got an opponent in mind, and maybe it's just cathartic for me. Um, who you got in mind? Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey? Yeah. Oh lord. I'm just. I'm, <laughs> I'm just. I, no, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. I think Alvey could do some things that test him. Yeah. Um. I like that fight. I like that fight. I like that. Um. Main event. Put him on the card. Yeah, have him as the like curtain jerker. Um, or not the current jerker for the main card anyway. No, I, um, I, I totally got what you mean, and and he could fight underneath Tiago Santos's next fight. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of. I'm just trying to think of like who else they could match him up with that has a little bit, like it has just has like a little bit of like cachet. Yasko. What about a? Uh, I don't know. I was gonna say maybe a guy like on the tall. He retired, I think. But, Did he? Yes. Yeah, but I like the idea that you. I like. I kind of like what you're thinking about. Yeah, give him like a a veteran, not somebody who's like a world beater, but somebody who's you know. They 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 can you know. Yeah, the, I don't, I don't they, know. They they have experience and yeah yeah basically they're not gonna yeah. fold just because um like Costa's just putting volume in their face or putting power in their face. Right. Tim Boach, Tim Boach is that guy all the time. Just throw Tim Boach in there. <laughs> <laughs> and they just watch Tim Boach just knock him the fuck out. Right. This is what Tim Boach lives for. He lives for these like th- those fights. Oh man. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I would. I wouldn't be mad at the Boach fight. But yeah, that that would be wild if he. Maybe a nice little in between, like an Anthony Smith type. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like a. I, my, forgive the description. I'm trying to think of like a pasty proven kind of a one-track guy Kamosi? <laughs> not pasty that's just like when i think of the middleweight division i just think of those kind of guys like those those workman construction worker type dudes who just <laughs> dan kelly <laughs> no please no please, dan <laughs> kelly. like I, every time i think of middleweight i go back to like when chris wyman was like climbing the ranks and like your your gateway to the top ten was like Court McGee and like Chris Tom Camozzi. Lawler and Chris yeah. Camozzi. Nick Ring, basically anybody who fought on a recent tough was like. Oh my God, Nick Ring! I remember thinking Nick Ring was gonna be a big deal. <laughs> Ryan Jensen, like I got what you mean. I'm trying to think of who he could fight that would make sense, and it just like, I'm trying to think of just pasty Christoph Yatko, pasty dude. Um, Eric Spicely. What about? What about like a Bra- I don't know a Brad Tavares? I think Brad's kind of. I think he's like a step up from that. Too is that a too too big of a step? I don't want to say it's too big of a step up, but it might be a too big of a step down for Tavares. He's kind of on a little bit of. Yeah. Elias yeah. Theodorov maybe. Yeah. 
I can see that. I like. I that. mean, I don't want to see it, but uh, I don't. Yeah, but I, I think in terms of if you go by like if you do it all in terms of like ranking and like Theodoro has experience, but he's not like some world beater, but he's still you know. Right. He's still a guy who's been out there enough times that you know it's not like just an easy fight you'll run through. Like he'll, he'll he'll give you some pushback. Like I, I think that's a good fight. I like that. I like that fight too. I can go. Who's with that. the? Oh my God! What's his name? Talos Latest. Is he still? I mean, I don't think did he retire? I want to say he did. I, I don't know, but he got crunched by Tavares. I'm... Yeah, yeah, Tavares. But I don't think he would do that, that fight. Face I don't off. think he would do Brazil versus Brazil and Brazil. Yeah. But either way, scary guy. I'm pretty sure we'll. They, they should definitely put him on that Brazil card, though. Like, let them, let them show Super up. Super Bowl weekend. And... Fox is going to be promoting it. I don't know if Fox has the Super Bowl this year, but I know they have the Pro Bowl, and they tend to do those weekends all together. I would do it. God, what are you going to lose? Yeah, I, I would throw him on there. God, I almost don't even want to talk about this next fight. <laughs> um. <laughs> so Joe Duffy got the shit kicked out of him, everybody. Yeah, man. Oh my God. Yeah, James Vick. All I'm gonna uh, say is that I think if Duffy didn't sign his UFC deal, like if this was not his first fight, he would have won. Because there's like this weird thing where, where when you get like that heavily promoted new UFC contract, like the next fight you automatically seem to lose. It just seems like that's this weird thing. Because <laughs> it happened to Sterling. It happened to uh, who else? It happened to. There was another Overeem. Um, Dustin Poirier speaking of, uh, not, well, he'll, he'll be fighting next week, but Dustin Poirier also lost. Uh, I think McGregor got a new deal after beating Aldo. So you can kind of count that too, if you want. So there's just some, it's like that. It's like the M&M curse, but with contracts. Well, you, well, you fight hard <laughs> for the new deal. And once you get it, you, you, you don't, you don't put your foot all the way down, I guess. Yeah. Um, he just, uh, it just seemed like it wasn't. All of, I mean, he did okay in the first round, from what I kind of sort of remember. It was a, it was like, a competitive round, but I felt like everything of of significance was coming from Vic. Like I felt like the power difference was startling. I mean, for one, Vic is like six three, and somehow he's making one fifty five, which I I don't know how that works. Not a, not a fan. <laughs> I believe on commentary they said he came in. He normally comes into fight week at like one seventy five, one seventy six. It's like that's unreal. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Like we need to. Yeah. He, that's that's a big boy. He doesn't man. give a shit about yeah. your use. Duff, Duffy just seemed like he wasn't like he just wasn't all the way there. Like he wasn't as sharp as I've seen him be before. Like it just. And I guess not to discredit Vic. You know he. I mean he shut the lights out. <laughs> like, that's one way to put it. He. Yeah. He 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 did what you're supposed to do, but like Duffy just it seemed like he just wasn't. All the way there, like I don't know, something just seemed kind of off. I, I really and, think it was like the reach. Like in the first round, he was just moving around so much, just like trying, like ducking and trying to get any type of power to land on, like um, on Vic. And just like the second round, he was just straight up flat. He was doing single punches. It it just it's like one of those fights where like, um, it doesn't what's happening in the cage doesn't like what's happening in the scorecards doesn't reflect what's happening in the cage it's like you it's like watching tony ferguson versus kevin lee and like you just see where kevin lee is, is just going to come up short so it's like the perfect storm like you know the boat's gonna the boat's but, not gonna make it exactly yeah gotcha. i understand you. 
Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's like Corey Anderson, Ovin St. Preux. Like, yeah, you know, that's a fantastic comparison, actually, because that, that's kind of how I felt watching that fight. Like, Duffy looked pretty good for, like, a good uh, couple minutes in the first round, but, like, towards the end of the round, like, like the momentum was just in Vic's favor. Can I and, maybe uh, make a... I don't know if this is a hot take, but... Uh, has Joe Duffy beaten a single fighter who remains in the UFC? Um, let's, uh, let's pull up off, that record. Off the top of my head, Reza the Madati and Mitch Clark are no longer in the company. Mm-hmm. You might be right, you are... but I don't know if Ivan George... No, he is not. Is it oh, fair yep. to... Like, I'm a big Joe Duffy fan. I was really excited when he came in. Is it fair to wonder if maybe he just is like kind of what he is, so to speak? Like there's a, like there's a cap on him. Do you think maybe? Because I don't want to believe. Too, like, <laughs> I, I like Joe Duffy. I was a big Cage Warriors fan. I I enjoyed him. I enjoy his fights. I think he's fun, a fun fighter. But like, he's gotten two step ups now. He lost them both. First Poirier. And took a yeah. step back here. So I wonder if there is like a little, like a Joe Lozon type ceiling here. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to believe that. I, I gotta. I, I want... <laughs> oh, I'm a glutton for punishment. I just wonder if he's. Uh, I just wonder if if he. It obviously the size was a difference, but it felt like in this fight and in the Poirier fight, he was just like out athleted, and it was like one guy was just a little bit more versatile than him. Because I felt like Vic's kicks were a whole world better than what Duffy was bringing to the table. So. Yeah, uh, I, I I think you might be right. Like, it's, I, I like I him so much. I don't want to kind of like I don't want to wish it into existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but he's also about to be thirty. Like. That's a good point. And been fighting for since two thousand eight. I know he took like four years off to go box, but. And I wonder if that boxing. He seems real comfortable with his hands, but against Poirier, he was taken down and elbowed. Against Vic, it felt like the kicking game were two different universes. He threw an axe kick that was, like, embarrassing almost in terms of execution. <laughs> I just I just wonder if maybe, like, I wonder if, I hate to keep saying like, but I just wonder if Duffy has a ceiling. Every fighter has one, but some of them are higher than others, I guess. I think we're, yeah, we're probably at Duffy's ceiling, sadly. Duffy, I believe in you. I feel bad. I feel like I'm buried. I'm going to hang on to a small thread and say, you know, you go back to the drum board one more time. But yeah, if we, if we see you take another step up and, you know, it doesn't turn out so and well, it, then, yeah. It feels like another fighter who, hard to say this because he won in the main event, but felt like another fighter who went to TriStar and kind of didn't come out. Better. Yeah. Didn't come out with the improvement you would expect from a top gym like that. Yeah. Um but do we mention so. do we mention how the fight ended? We we were too busy. Well, one of us is well, I was I'm trying not to remember. One of us was having a, one of us was having a funeral morning. The other one was buried in the dirt. Like <laughs> I, I I'm remiss to compliment James Vick because Oh yeah, I feel I now I feel terrible. James Vick did an awesome job. He, and and well, you shouldn't because fuck James Vick. Oh, come on. No. Uh, no. I get what you're saying. I get. What you, I know what you're gonna say because I'm with you. But All right. I, Hashtag fuck Lloyd Irvin. I I I don't like I don't like it, but I also don't want to 
I don't want to take away from what was a fantastic performance. You know what? I actually just, and not to get on a, a quick side note, I, like, I, I, I actually just started, like, looking into that this morning. Like, just kind of refreshing my memory on that. It, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that that is, woof. It, it was some weird, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I'll leave it alone. But there, there was some weird, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't you know, know. I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just Com- I don't want conversation for another day, but suffice. I guess, yeah. yeah, like I don't want to. It's it's like when those when those guys from Chechnya have that great performance, and you kind of want it. You don't want to. You can't take away from what they did, so you always have to be fair. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I don't want to bash Vic because it's like it, it wasn't you. Yeah, like, I, I, that's what I'm. From as far as I know, like it, it wasn't yeah. you. Like you weren't there when this you know happened yeah, but I mean, none, at the same of, none time of us were, so to speak so it's like and i don't yeah. want to punish james vick for having a great fight and like uh, no yeah absolutely yeah. but like and, and, did and what the you finish to the fight was great because it, it, it kind of just builds on what we were saying before like duffy could not get to the inside with vick and do it comfortably so he was just like kind of lunging yep and i think they mentioned this on commentary where like vick isn't really an outfighter but like he'll hit you coming in if you get reckless with it but like he he mostly wants to hit you with that uppercut, and that's what ended up just blanking Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's just go on to the next fight. I don't, don't want to talk about <laughs> What was, wait, was OSP next, or was it the Walt Harris? Uh, no, no, Walt Harris. Big ticket, big. Walt Harris is up to bat. <laughs> oh, man. This was, um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't remember... The fight fight. I just remember this one moment. I remember Walt Harris but... being very, very successful and then deciding, you know what? <laughs> I'm being too successful. You know what? Yeah. Fuck this guy. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, got, he got a bit too ambitious, so to speak. He's like, I had to fucking fight for Doom because of this bullshit. <laughs> one way or another, I'm taking a skull with me. Yeah, I mean, Walt Harris was throwing heat, but he kept throwing heat in situations where he, you know, he needed to calm down for a few moments. Um, I guess for anybody, if you didn't watch the prelims, um, yeah, anything else that would have happened this fight just is going to get overshadowed by the DQ because it was just, it was just one of those moments. And I, I said this pre-recording, and I, I'll say it again, in a slight defense of Walt Harris, in a slight the, 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 and for the people who don't know, the situation was basically Walt Harris landed. I think it was a knee that went low, yeah. and the referee was attempting to stop the fight, you know, to give uh, God Bear some time to recover. And Walt Harris was just kind of like, "Well, I'm just gonna keep fighting." Right. Basically, kind of what happened. In a slight defense of Walt Harris, if you look at the replay. So, like, Walt Harris, of course, you're facing God Bear. You, you're focused on the fight. And the moment that, like, he went low, the ref is kind of, like, off to his side. So, like, he, it didn't look like he was even looking at the ref. So, like, and as a fighter, you know, it's your job. You keep fighting until the ref pulls you off. So, he's still kind of doing his thing. But the ref did interject. He literally yelled at him repeatedly. 
I'll give him a slight benefit. You're in a stadium. You're in the heat of a moment in the fight. You're probably not really listening to what's going on. But at one point, the ref literally stepped in front of him. Touched him. Like, had his <laughs> arm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, touched him, grabbed him, like, hey, you got to stop. And Walt Harris proceeded to throw a head kick. In all fairness, um, Walt Harris is a very big man. I understand. Well, what the, who the fuck did yeah. he think was grabbing him? He thought a fan run in? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Walt Harris is a very big man. Once he starts getting in motion for that leg kick. Oh, no, I, yeah. I, I can understand in that regard. I'm just saying, he said, if you would have touched me, I wouldn't have thrown it. But it's like, he's fucking holding on to you, guy. Like, he's touching yeah. you. He loved some, like, Joe Rogan was, he, you know what? Maybe he was like, I already won the fight. So now yep. this is Joe Rogan right. grabbing me to do the post-fight interview. Right. So I got to throw this kick quick because I need it on my, I need to make a gift. Right. Like, I got to have the gift of the finish. Like, I, 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 I thought, like, my thought process was, oh, maybe he thinks it's, like, the mat over. Like, there's a jiu-jitsu contest <laughs> where there's, like, just, like, 50 <laughs> matches going on at once. And, like, even though it wasn't, like, a full flesh head kick, he still landed a good, like, portion of his foot. And, like, you heard the slap. Uh, like, it uh, was still... God forbid me. Maybe he thought Corey Anderson was getting up. <laughs> maybe that's what happened. He was like, oh, shit, Corey's up. But yeah, poor Godbeard, man. He he's over here trying to recover from the family jewels getting hit, and he eats a foot in the face for his troubles. And right, yeah, a bunch of just family jewels. God, <laughs> the hops, the hops were hurt. <laughs> just a bunch of confusion ensues, and the fight ends in a disqualification because you can't kick people in the face when the referee is trying to like get your attention. So um, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, dick, uh, dick knees to um, head kick should be legal, because that's a slick combination. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! He would be, who, who is it? Who? Czech Congo would be undefeated. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> He's a hero. Go here, yeah. He would have been. You know what happened? Oh no, hold no. on. Here's what happened. I figured it out. The first heavyweight fight of the night had a had a like the head the ear kick. The downed ear kick moment. <laughs> so maybe Walt Harris was like, well, fuck, if they're going to DQ me, I better make sure this fucking thing looks sweet. Got to make sure. Like, you only you only kick the ear. I got the yeah, whole like, right You cheek. know what? Like... Well, maybe they're setting up a Walt Harris, Curtis Blades, no rules, uh, Yama pit fight where you can just knee and throw head kicks right hey, in you see, that's where Bellator messed up and by never making Eric Prindle Thiago Santos three. Dude, Eric just... Prindle and and Walt Harris do it now. <laughs> put it on put it on the barge fights. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh man. I feel bad for Godbear. He just got lost in all of this. Like... He's gonna lose the fight, let's be realistic. Godbear got like a you know like got a there's a touchdown, but there was a holding on the on the play, so you get another chance, like right. he got a holding penalty. <laughs> I mean, and it, that's so unfortunate for Walt Harris. It's like he's building momentum going into this fight in October. And then he gets, they, uh, Derek Lewis gets yanked. So they're like, Walt Harris, will you fight Verdum? And he's, he made, it made sense. You're not going to lose anything if you lose anyways. So he takes the fight and he loses in like seven seconds. Arm bar, no shame. You get another chance, another crack to kind of regain your momentum. And he was winning this fight effortlessly it felt like it felt like it was going to end the way it eventually ended just with a legal head kick and right. knees him low and then follows it up 
with the the most amazing like that's the perfect head kick. I mean, minus not knocking him out. He knees him and he knees him low, hits the head kick, and he loses by DQ. So in back to back months, he lost fights. He probably should, like first one he probably shouldn't have even had, and the second one he probably should have won. So it's like all that momentum, and he's zero and two in his last two fights. Meanwhile, um, Mr. Mark Godbeard's over here with his two win bonuses and his busted ass nuts. <laughs> after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then man. the best part is DC. And I Cormier, I hit, I'm hit and miss on Cormier on commentary. Sometimes his passion is really great. Other times it's like he's too excited. And he's like, well, his hands went up. So he was at least like he was cognizant that he put his hands up before he fell. It's like, what, what does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's like... You still got kicked yeah, in the you ever face. See those, you ever see those head kicks where the dude falls and his arms just shoot right up afterwards? It's like, that doesn't mean he's right. conscious. It just means his body's right. doing something. <laughs> his body was in yeah, shock like, like... I just got kicked in the nuts and then the referee this uh, chap this referee co- didn't protect me and I got kicked in the face <laughs> and Walt Harris is like I didn't hear it and I didn't feel you touch me like dude he's in there with you <laughs> so the cameraman jumped in uh, this card literally had everything I, I like to but... point out that we kept all the, cra- <laughs> the, the officiating craziness at the bottom of the card this time yeah, thank God. So, I'm I'm still. Oh, man. And by the way, I I just want to point out I don't think that the refs in the the Joanna fight and the Garbrandt fight get enough credit for kind of giving the champion a yeah like every possible yeah. opportunity to maybe just pull it off. So and the the stoppages weren't late. I thought they were both fair. Joanna, even if Joanna doesn't tap, I think that that probably would have been stopped there anyway. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I did see some people complain that the Garbrandt stoppage was a little quick. No way. Nah. Well, what, for, for starters, no, it wasn't. But also, yeah. number two, the state of New York just got sued for like $20 million. Yeah, a good point. Um, God, what's the man's name? Uh, oh, my God. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, the, the, oh, God. I can't, Tim Hague? No. Um, that's So, a couple years ago in a boxing match... Magomed Abdul Salamov. That's what it is. Magomed Abdul Salamov um, fought, who was it, Mike Perez? I think that was it. He fought Mike Perez in a fight that went like the distance um, and suffered severe ba- brain trauma. Because, like, you know, yeah, it, it was like a straight up war. I actually think Mike Perez's career was ruined by that fight. Like, I think mentally he just kind of checked out afterwards, beside the point. Um, like Darchinian when he uh I forgot who Vic Darchinian fought and they had like a brain like a similar brain issue after it. And that was after that fight he fought Donaire and he was like never the same. Yeah. But um I can't remember all the details of like what happened. Like he, he can't walk anymore and like I don't even think he can speak. Or he or he just recently got back to speaking, I think. And he was paralyzed, like I don't remember all the details about what happened, but it's part of the reason why the um, insurance for f- per fighter when the MMA got legalized and MMA was so hot uh, in New York was so high. Um, and I think the lawsuit just got settled. He just got $20 million. So, like, the, there's no way the New York Athletic Commission isn't telling these guys, hey, protect the fighter when they're in there. Right. Or, and, gonna... or just common sense. Like, I don't think I... 
there's something to be said for defending yourself, and there's something to be said for just covering up after you... I'm of the belief if a fighter goes face down and the first instinct they have is to just cover up that that fight is basically over. So I don't, I don't think either of those stoppages were, were unjust. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I can see if you cover up and then maybe you try to roll like, yeah, to your you, back. Yeah, you know, you're or, reaching for yeah, a leg. Or you're, like, yeah, but if you're just sitting there, yeah, like it's, it's over, dude. Yeah, you're, you're kind of done. Somehow, so well, we learned something. We, we, we just did something. We just had a positive conversation off of Mark Godbeer versus Walt Harris. <laughs> Speaking of comas, I think up next is Corey Anderson and Ovid Singh. Oh, yeah. Get in there, ref. Yeah, God. <laughs> oh, they, they didn't need the ref for this one. Um, Jesus Christ. I'm just, oh my God. This fight is just we, like the perfect microcosm of Corey Anderson. Yeah, can I, can I lead off on this one? If you would yeah. Please. I believe that there, every fighter has flaws, but certain flaws are fatal flaws. Corey Anderson is a really good fighter, in my opinion. Maybe not ever. He's a good fighter. And he got a lot, he's got a lot of skills that can all go together. But he's got a fatal flaw. And that fatal flaw is that he does not handle strikes well. And when you're 205 pounds, where everybody kind of hits really hard, that's the problem. Anderson was doing so much good. He had a, so much good in this fight. He looked like the guy who won Tothan and people thought would have a really bright, promising future. I wish he would have maybe uh, wrestled a little better, but OSP is a hard guy to keep down. He doesn't stay down very very long. He still got some good slams. Yeah, though, like though. he looked like he lifted OSP off I thought the ground. He was, yeah, I thought he was fantastic in the fight, and it was like there were some good things that he was doing, but every time OSP had any strike of significance, he did not handle it very well. Outside of one moment where he got head kicked, the first head kick. And he wobbled backwards, and he was like, ref, my mouthpiece. And that was a great, like, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a suave kind of move. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you see, it in other, you see it in other combat sports. In MMA, for some reason, this is, like, not allowed. But it's a little suave move to kind of collect yourself. But when he gets hit, he either panic wrestles or he just covers up and goes to the fence. Can't do that all the time. In this fight, he was doing everything well. The moments when OSP would land... It was just inevitable. Like, you just felt it. You could feel the fact that at some point or another, something was going to land that Corey Anderson was not going to be able to panic wrestle out of. Yeah. And oh my, oh my. OSP threw quite possibly the greatest head kick in his career, in his life, in the history of the 205-pound division. <laughs> it landed. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Eddie Gordon against Josh Saman. Ooh. Perfectly thrown, perfectly landed, and the reaction to the kick, it just... MMA is a brutal sport. You never want to make fun of somebody getting knocked out. But my God. Like, that was just... Everything about that was... If you're a fight fan who craves violence, quote-unquote, good Lord, that finish. And OSP continues to be a guy who just... Call him on short notice. Every time he's on short notice, he's amazing. I don't know what it is. Mr. Schmidt. Yeah, I, I've I've rewatched this head kick a few times, and it just it gets more brutal every time I watch it. Like, <laughs> but brutal, like every it, time I like, watch it, it's, just... it's so perfectly brutal. It's like, ugh, you cringe, but at the same time, you're like, well, damn. Like the Ricardo Ramos like back elbow, it's like it's brutal. It's one of the brutal realities of the sport, but just like, Jesus, that's just you can't do it. And like, and this one just kind of just happened out of nowhere. Like it was no. 
wasn't really much of like a setup. It was just kind of like yeah, you just threw it out there and it just perfect. You just threw it and it just but landed and it's like oh, fatal flaws and inevitability. Like it was just like at some point it's gonna land, or at some point he's gonna hit something on him, and it, you're just waiting. That's edge of your seat. Like all right, what's gonna happen? And then, bam. Yeah. Did we get OSP and Shogun again after this? Probably. <laughs> I, you know, he called out Dillo Atifi, which is not a bad fight either. I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Then he the did. winner of that can fight Shogun. For right. real. Then they could, then they could, the winner of that can fight Jones when he comes back. And then somehow we get Shogun Jones too after seven years. <laughs> I think OSP... You know what? Let me just real quick be fair. There's something... I mentioned this before. At the bigger weight classes... Your availability is your ability. So I think OSP deserves a lot of credit for always being available when there's a fight that's coming up. Because then if you lose, like, you're already back in the cage, like, a month or two later. Like, it never registers with the audience. So I think he deserves some credit for that. Also, I thought he'd beat Uzdemir, so there's that. Ooh, that's a good... I don't know. He didn't beat Manoa, I know that much. He got... He got... He got boo-booed. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> but I, I had the last two rounds for... um. For OSB, I could see so. that. I could see that. I thought Ozdemir won the first and the third, if I remember correctly. But, but I also um, thought I've always felt like so it's like I always feel like for OSP, like if he just would go to a bigger gym, like he could really, like, I felt like he just he has a lot of upside, but like there's just something missing. I think there were like, like he, there was a there was a I, I'm with you. I think you're 100 percent accurate. There was a critical moment where he got slammed on his face. Corey Anderson had his back momentarily. He was able to get back to his feet, and the first thing he did was shoot in for a takedown. And it was like those little fight IQ moments where he should have separated, and like it feels like he has those moments way too often. Like against Glover Teixeira, he was really successful at range, but he kept shooting in, and it's like, where is your... Who's in your corner telling you not to do that? And why aren't you listening to them? You yeah. know what I mean? I, I can't remember what it was. I feel like we, like we once actually listened into OSP's corner... And they were just giving him like downright like insane advice. I can't remember the fight. Is it the Jones fight where he's? They were like, it wasn't anything technical. It was just there was. I think it was. I know what you're talking about. I think it was the Jones fight or one of those fights around that time where they didn't give him any technical advice. It was just like, this is why you run the treadmill every morning. Like you're not tired. Or, <laughs> like that doesn't really help. It's like the BJ Penn corner that would just tell him like, uh, we'll just go beat him up. Like you, that. <laughs> That was what they were telling. What was it against? Ed, I think it was against Edgar, where his corner in like the fourth round is just like, you just gotta go fucking beat him up. Like well, we don't understand what you you just. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He he needs um he needs Sam Alvey's wife in his corner. So that's who he needs to to yell. The at last him. time I was on here, I made a joke about Edmund and Sam Alvey's wife, and it was, you you were both very upset. So I'm not gonna go back there. Wait, I was. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. I'm not, I'm well, no. It got the cringe, the audible cringe. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's what, maybe OSP needs head movement. <laughs> hey, man, any, yeah, I don't know. Corey, I mean, like, Corey Anderson, like, to me, we're just, like, he's, like, the uh, the ceiling for someone like Devin Clark. Where, like, like, Clark's abilities are limited by his size and just, like, lack of technical depth. Like Corey Anderson's just he just lacks an X factor that hides his flaws. That's a like, great way to put it. He doesn't have that one 
like OSP his fight IQ like you can make I like I believe OSP's fight IQ is his downfall a little bit. But it doesn't matter if he's like if he's just so much better of an athlete than most of these guys in this weight class and he's got like a lot of sneaky little tricks that he keeps in his that is like that head kick is pretty sneaky. He's got a basically a gimmick finisher. So it's like he's got a lot that like it a is. Move. It's like it's finishing old. It's like the gimmick <laughs> finisher. So he's got a lot of things in his He's always got something, and I think that there are a lot of guys at 205 who don't have something. Yeah, and Anderson feels like he should. Like, yeah. He's not a physical presence. He's not enough of a physical presence to be a wrestler. He, he doesn't have like this just straight-up knockout power. Is he like the 205 Neil Magny? Kind of. Like, like, there's talent there. You can tell, like, there's talent, there's, he puts yeah, in there's work at the talent, gym. There's process, but... like... Granders has a very solid game for a heavyweight. Comes from a great camp. Yeah. You know, like, Mark Henry's right, but, no complaints about him as a trainer. But like, know, dude. But like he, he he puts on a good pace, but he's not like a Patrick Cummins who's just like pathologically just going to come after you. Like th- there's just nothing for him to fall back on when like things go bad or when he like I, I think I, I think Jordan Breen mentioned it. Like he's just bad at neutral positions. I don't think I don't think it's wrong to suggest that in another weight class, a guy with his skill set probably wouldn't still be in the UFC. Like he's kind of a bread and butter type. He doesn't have anything that you look at and go, like he doesn't have any special traits, and in divisions that are a little bit more advanced, like. You you need you need to have something that separates you. He's like one of those guys, like a Mitch Clark, who just has like these basic skill sets. And then as the competition gets a little tougher, like eventually those guys get washed out. In this division in 205, like he what who's gonna stop him? This and again like the fatal flaw. He was getting Shogun was knocking him, knocked him down twice. Am I correct in that? Yeah, point? yeah. Like, that's how he went to fight. A, that's a flaw that he doesn't he he can't he doesn't have a skill to replace that. It's not like Vlad Klitschko, who, when his chin was questionable, he had a style that could ne- like neutralize that. He doesn't have anything. Like I, I think the best comparison I've seen is like he's like a light heavyweight Frankie Edgar light. Like he, he, he like imagine Frankie Edgar at two hundred five, and basically just can't he can't recover like that. No, like like exactly like, and that's that's mm-hmm. where his style. That's where his style actually is like his detriment. Like all this hyperactive stuff, and like he gets hit. Like it, there's no recovering. This is a lightweight. Yeah, I just think that like he's a beneficiary. Like like a Sam Alvey we had discussed. Not to compare them as people or as whatever, but like there's once you get above 185, you can get away with a lot more. And I don't think that he's. I don't think that he has a specific skill set that if he was a 155er. Or a 145, or like he would be able to rely on. Maybe oh, yeah. his power wrestling, but we've seen like that only gets you so far, especially at light. When everybody's a good wrestler at, at 145, 155. So. Yeah, like, dude, like half this top ten would not be in the UFC anymore. Or that's, what I'm, that, that, that's what I'm trying to politely say. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm trying to politely say that Corey Anderson, not that he's not UFC quality, but he's a beneficiary of a weight class that can mask a lot of his flaws, but at the same time, the biggest flaw is the biggest, like, you can't, 
you cannot live at 205 and 265 if you can't take a punch. Yeah. All right. Like, like if you want just like the perfect parallel of like where 205 is at, think of where Gomi and BJ Penn are, and think of where Shogun is. Oh my God, he's got title shot. <laughs> Shogun is the best counter puncher in the division still. Jesus Christ, blowing out knees. He might be the second best athlete behind Jones. Yeah. Christ. And he's gonna get a title shot. He's gonna get it. Year. I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna happen. It's gonna He's happen. gonna retire, and it's gonna be Vulcan Shogun in Tokyo. <laughs> for... Oh my God! I guess he's Shogun winning. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, "Oh my God!" Uh, Other people are saying, "Oh yeah," they want to see that Shogun. I mean, dude, Vitor Belfort fight mean, at two hundred five. Like he would probably stick around a little higher. Dude, like we might get Gustus and Shogun too for the title one day. No, no, because. You know what? We should get that, and here's what's going to happen. Horn sounds, they come out, Gustafson's back locks up, Shogun's knee blows out, and <laughs> we just cancel the division. Oh, man. We tell Glover he has to go fight a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, there are no more young guns for you to stop, and all the old guys are dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta send you, we gotta send you somewhere else. Rumble, Rumble will come back. Rumble could, holy shit, Rumble could probably like roll out of bed, and he would be like top five at two hundred five, wouldn't he? He'd be, he'd probably. be numbered number, number three. three. Yeah, he'd be Gus. He'd probably be Vulcan. DC, he seems to have like a mental mind meld on him, because when Rumble gets in there with DC, he just doesn't even. I have no idea. I've never uh, like. Yeah, what, that, can you, what can you even compare that? I, I get mad when I think about this. Thing. Rumble like, just has like, like an inferiority complex. I think something. It's it's something. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Two hundred five is like a whole podcast of just sad. Maybe DC yeah. reminds him of a uh, what was it a Clay Country Dirt Road? Is that what what it was? Or that's why he's having a hard time. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, oh, I still got three. Three. Uh, this next fight, I honestly don't got a whole much to really say. Um, Randy Brown, Mickey Gall. Um, all I remember from this fight is the referee yelling at Mickey Gall like a child thirty <laughs> times for Didn't take the point. <laughs> he scolded him. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mickey, don't grab that glove. Mickey, don't. Mickey, gra- come on. Mickey, don't grab. Right. <laughs> like, it was it was hilarious, but it was just like, what is going on? But I mean, I mean, to Mickey's credit, like I think Randy Randy gave him the work the first round. Mickey came back, I thought, kind of strong in the second round, like he was putting in some groundwork. But like that third round, like uh, yeah, he just kind of got worked over, and he was grabbing gloves and the fence, and he was grabbing on anything, anything he, could, he could grab on. But can we talk <laughs> real quick about Randy Brown's? Uh... Phil this Davis is... was mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, uh, Randy Brown's got some Phil Davis in the sense that he has to make everything <laughs> humanly harder than it has to be. It's like, Mickey Gall's got no chance on the feet with you. You're out striking him rather comfortably. Let's just wrestle. His corner's begging him to get up. They're like on hands and on pleated knee. Please get off of him. He's like, no, nah, I'll just hang around here. It's cool. Gets on top of him in the second <laughs> round. Gets swept. The only reason Mickey Gall is in this fight was because Randy Brown 
either by choice or just by inexperience or whatever the case may be, allowed him to continually to be in this fight. Like, the and only thing I can think of is somebody told, like, Randy Brown wrote a preview somewhere saying <laughs> Mickey Gall's man. path to victory was to wrestle with him. Fuck, and Randy I bet on myself like, by sub. I gotta get him down. Dude, when he got guillotined with like 30 seconds left in the round, I was like, you know what? That serves you right. That serves you right. Just like Randy Brown's, I like Randy Brown a lot. I'm really high on him. And I thought he came in a lot bigger and stronger than he's ever been. You got to listen to your corner, man. Because it's not even like that's bad corner advice. That's what he should have been doing. Like, come on, dude. Uh, Yeah. And Mickey Gall, man, that's a big step up from photographers and pro wrestlers and human Ken dolls to fighting a, a very competent 170 or so. This is legitimately like his second real fight. First. Like, I mean, I, I, Sage Northcutt is at very least like... Oh, no, I understand the, what you're saying, but that was like a save by the bell fight. Like that was, Yeah. That was a fight for the cul-de-sac. That, that was a fight for like a legacy FC for, uh, welterweight championship. That was a prelim. No, not a prelim. What was a show opener? I mean, wasn't Sage wasn't Sage the champ? Well, I think they Sage signed the him before he even got to the belt. Was he? I don't think. I think he was. Oh, right, right. To, I think his fight to get into the UFC was against a guy who was like ten and eighteen. Yeah. Which I mean, look, they've turned him into a star, so that was good stuff. But I'm just saying, like Mickey Gall, that's a big. Randy Brown was like worlds. That's like second grade math to pre cal. Yeah. And and to his credit, Gall showed some things. Like I'm I'm not down on him. He had a beautiful sweep in that second. He's round. gonna learn. He'll learn from this performance. Yeah, he had a really good sweep in a second. Like the the my only but, problem yeah. with Gall is like, where do you go from here? He's well. First, you learn to stop grabbing. Let's start there. Well, first. that that's um... just veteran savvy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joel Romero was pleased. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> But like Brown is basically uh, uh, as bottom of the division as it gets, just because he's so inexperienced himself. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Mickey honestly hangs around in the UFC much longer. Like, I, and not that he couldn't work his way back in, but like, just. I don't know if he's at that that level yet. Like, I feel like he just kind of got thrusted but in there. He's going to and... stick around solely because they have so much. They've already have so many resources behind that, him. Yeah, they yeah. they've already invested time in him. I I but, mean, you could start. But yeah, I just I don't know what matchups like you do that. You, you literally know. just have to give him like guys you find you find out of, like Mexico. How dare Ooh. you! How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> like athlete, like athletes who just don't. I know have a what complete you mean. I, I totally got what you were saying. I'm just saying, <laughs> totally understand. You can give him a. Oh my god! I was gonna suggest BJ Penn. Don't do that. That's not. That's that's not, see, that's committing to the gimmick. That's, that's yeah. Let's keep BJ out, out of. Like, out that's of... the only guy. Like it would have to be a guy who's either really, really past it, who has a name. Or just a complete unknown who has no... Like, they kind of did what you were saying with Sage Northcutt. Like, after Sage lost to Brian Barbarena, they gave him a massive step down with um, the dude from... He was on Tough 2. Tough Latin America 2. So it's like they did kind of go and get like a... They would have to go to in, like one of those Indian Super Fight League kind of... Mickey Gall, um, Anup Kumar, they're not even in the same weight class. 
<laughs> I mean, Ramesh Solomon. I think he needs to fight somebody from that Alaska. Oh my uh, god, promotion. the dude wanted the weed, so even if he loses, <laughs> even if he loses, like he could. Let Cody McK- let Cody McKenzie fight at welterweight. Let's just throw that. I think Cody would have to cut some weight to fight at welterweight these days. I've I've heard he's rather <laughs> thick. Oh, but man. I mean, like, I, I, but... like, there's really nowhere you can go with him. He's it's like kind of like Northcutt. Like he's so popular, you don't have a place to put him. Like you just kind of have to throw him against like Michelle uh, Quinones and just hope it works out. I think Quinones is gonna put something really bad on. <laughs> I'm, wait, what, fight, what weight is that fight at? 155, he went back down. Oh, that's dumb. I'm rooting for you, Sage. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know what? I don't dislike Sage Northcutt, and I think a lot of people are really mean to him for no reason. Yeah, so, I feel like I, yeah, that, that was another. I don't dislike that. Yeah, he, does, like, he just seems like a generally nice kid. He's too nice right. for MMA it, is the problem. Like I, I get, I get why people don't like him, but I just, I feel like, like it's not his yeah. fault. Like people hate him because of how much he's promoted, but it's like you can't blame. It's not his if, fault. Like it only, it, you only get promoted if it works, and it works. So like it's not his fault. Like it's, it, that's blame yeah. your fan base. Don't blame poor Sage, nice man, nice young right. athlete. Maybe, maybe, so maybe you got that. like, like maybe if fans didn't spend like hours and hours online talking about Sage Northcutt. Instead of talking about one of the many other fighters. Yeah, if Sage Northcutt drew the kind of attention that poor Mighty Mouse draws, we would all be happier. Um, just a shame. I mean, I'd, I wouldn't be because I, I fucking love just how bizarre this man is. Sage Northcutt? <laughs> he, he is not a real person. He's a human. He is, like I said, he's a human Ken doll. I mean that in the nicest way possible. He's but like yeah. a living action figure. We gotta get Sage on the podcast. A living action figure who's like Sage doesn't, know, Sage doesn't know what podcasts are. <laughs> like he's gonna think wasn't we're like doing a, radio. Wasn't there a Sage Northcut story where his like his Twitter account had linked or like favorited a like a porn site or something along those lines? Oh, oh my god, he's growing up. He's going. Well, Romero approves. Oh no, man, Romero would not approve. Like up. Like up until like a year or two ago, he didn't know what the he barely understood what the internet was. Do you remember that time? I'm I when like Yoel Romero and Sage Northcutt were talking to one another on Twitter. That was the best time. <laughs> that happened. That was the brightest timeline. That that was the last good moment I ever had. You know what? We have gone downhill <laughs> from that. We need like a team. Like they need to team up. Dude, buddy cop. Why is this not a series on Fight Pass already? That's an awesome tandem. Yoel Romero tears the flag, and Sage Northcutt just picks it up and like tapes it back together, <laughs> and, like hangs, hangs it back up for him. <laughs> oh, now man. I, want to, I want Yoel Romero and Sage Northcutt dressed like Sage Northcutt. Like they got to be wearing like the button-up polos and whatever. Like driving up on Michael Bisping's house, politely shit talking him when he's getting out. <laughs> Wait, Sage Northcutt wears clothes. I, no like... shirt, even better. No shirt in the UK weather. Now we got some. No, but he lives in California. We just need them driving by to talk shit to Michael Bisping. Oh my god, I, I'm looking at the picture he posts on like Twitter. Like he literally looks like a doll. Hey, it's a doll. I'm telling you. <laughs> No, like, like, like his skin looks plat. He looks like <laughs> the picture of him, like, 
did you ever see the what was like Valentine's Day where he took the picture with like the rose in his mouth? It's like this man's not a human. <laughs> he's a walking filter. He, like he's a lot. He's either like the world's butt. greatest troll and just bullshit her, or he's just. <laughs> We're gonna find out. We're gonna. Uh, they're gonna like unzip him, and he's like a golden retriever with a. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> a golden retriever with like a computer pad. Oh god, he's Mr. Peanut from BoJack Horseman. <laughs> 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 uh, we still got I'm two more we, fights. <laughs> we, we started good, and we we're only getting better. We got Walmart. <laughs> Thanks for that. And now Sage Northcut. Uh, I guess this next fight it wasn't a whole lot to really. Uh, I bet Sage Northcut well, forgave Walt Harris for kicking Mark Godbeer in the face. Well, absolutely. And he forgave this brutal ear slap kick. That, uh, <laughs> this is the hardest ear slap I've ever, I've ever seen. Dude, his entire ear bounced up and down individually by itself. <laughs> oh man, Curtis Blades, Alexi Olenek. Um, I forgot. Curtis Blades is ranked or was ranked twelve, twelve, fourteen, twelve. I think Olenek like was that. a nine, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean this was um Olenek. You know, just kind of winging some punches. Um, I felt like Curtis Blades was just trying to wear him down. Like, a lot of people were questioning the takedowns. And I was like, you know, Olenek's like 40. Blades was just trying to make him work and just get him tired. And as um, long as you're not completely stupid, like Victor Pesta, like, you can take Olenek down. It's like, What's his name took him down? Uh, Omilanchik took him down for three rounds. It's like, it's not impossible. It's just He doesn't really care. Like, he wants to be on the ground. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's not yeah. like, like, oh... As soon as, I think DC was talking about it, where he's like, oh, he took him, like, watch out when you get on the ground with him. It's like, well, you can play on the ground with him. He's not like, he, it's not yeah. like Damian Maya. We're talking about a 57-year-old man who, yeah. you know. Blaze just wanted to make him work. Blaze came out to the Mortal Kombat theme. He knows what he's yeah. doing. He's, he's, got, he's got the to take it out. But, yeah, he, you know, they, they were trading some shots. My favorite, Olenek, my favorite part of the fight, by the way, is when Blades grabbed the back of Olenek's head and proceeded to just throw uppercuts. <laughs> Actually, yeah, they both were, both were uh, trading. This but... was a fight outside of the Golden Corral at 3 a.m. Yes, just... <laughs> it, it ended just the same. <laughs> as... <laughs> I don't know. There's no ref in the. Yeah, yeah, minus well, a ref. Like yeah, we're done now. So I'm trying to remember. I think Blades took him down, yeah. and I can't remember like how. Like he took him down. They, you know ground and pound a little bit and then it ends up getting back up and in mid-motion while Olenek is trying to get back to his feet I, I don't know I'm gonna guess and just say Blades I guess was trying to catch Olenek like as soon as his hands would get off the mat so it would be like a legal I don't know I'm trying to make sense of why he threw that kick because I don't <laughs> I don't know I don't know if he just had a bad lapse in judgment in that moment but like I, I felt like that kick was just so unnecessary and I mean, not to downplay, because I think in that second round, like Blades was tagging him, like he was definitely winning the fight clearly. But that kick was just so unnecessary, and it it, it clips Olenek's ear. Um, but you know, that's still a Curtis Blades kick. Um, his ear probably hurt, <laughs> whatever that was worth. But like they 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 called it a TKO. Blades was really angry. Like I think he thought he was about to get DQ'd. And they showed the replay, and like it wasn't a brutal kick. You just you ferociously clipped it. Tickled ear, his but ear. It, you didn't. 
Yeah, you did, like, kick him full on the chin, so. Um, I don't know if Olenek was just looking for a way out. I don't know, that, that stoppage was kind of weird, because I, I felt like they could have kept going. It was, I don't know. It, it was weird. That uh, whole sequence just was strange. I'm kind of fine with the fight stopping at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not mad at it, but it was just, it was weird. I was like, I felt like they could have kept going, but they stopped it, And but I'm not really mad that they stopped it. Because this fight was like just we, kinda... like we said before, brain damage, man. Like Olenek's an old man; he's getting the tar beat out of him. Like I, I want to say it was the end of the first round where Blaze is literally just beating the crap out of him from like top. Or am I just making that up in my head? Because I don't remember how it actually played out. Like there was just a point where Blaze was just like unfettered, just beating the crap out of him, and I was like, why aren't they stopping the fight? Oh yeah, like I I thought that I thought when he dropped him originally in the first round that there was there were a few moments where it's like are you really we really need to see this you know somebody's grandpa get you know ruined by this very 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 good fighter like I I get it um Olenek is Oplot strong or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ but come on I mean. Oh, There's really I, not much to say, I, I, and I feel bad for Curtis Blades because I think he's a really talented heavyweight. He's a guy who needs like he needs like six months with a top-flight gym, and I think you're gonna see massive improvements. Um, um, or just like he needs time away from the sport to really like find. He needs either time away or consistent fights. Because there's so much he does well, but every fight it's like a different story with him. Like he's got something new he does good, and something new he does worse. But this fight he was going to win, I, I, I thought that Olenek was an easier fight than Omilanchik was, stylistically, because Omilanchik can do a little more. And I, yeah, I didn't need to see this fight go on. Although, if you want to sign me up for five rounds of Blades versus uh, Olenek, I'm, I'm more than down for that. You know. <laughs> but. And he went three rounds with Ngannou on his day. Two rounds. No, two rounds. Had his but as he survived. He's, he's another right. one of those guys, AC talked about it, and I truly believe it. Heavyweight, you you it almost hurts to be successful right out of the gate, because they get excited and then they throw you in a little too early. A guy like Curtis Blades in his developmental cycle should probably not be fighting guys like Omilantric or Olenek. but here he is, and he's probably only going to get tougher challenges. You know, he's he's Arlovsky's next, whatever you know, or Stefan Struve. I can see them doing him and Struve. It's like it's too early. Like it's too early, but this division is so vastly. Uh, malnourished in terms of new names that they get overly excited and then they just screw it all up. So, I don't know. And yeah, that was not a fight at kick. Get out of here, Olenek. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm very excited for the Curtis Blades versus Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Jesus. Because that you know that's coming. If, 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 if Hold on, Overeem has to survive. Well, I mean, I think well, well, they'll just throw him in there. I'll give you a yeah, like fuck it. Junior Albini is fighting Andre Arlovsky. The only way after Arlovsky is like Volkov. Like they're not gonna, they're not patient with young heavyweights who win a fight. <laughs> I, I think that's in part because there's like 20 dudes. At I know. Um, right. <laughs> I, well, that's like they they signed like some of the worst look like the worst guy on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender series, relative to the to the other fighters was Alan Crowder, and but he was like Dana was like we need a heavyweight. He we did this whole fucking show and didn't sign a single one. So here he comes, and you got guys like you know Julio Arce and um, 
what's in Don Lee and like really impressive finishers, and then this guy gets in because they need a heavyweight. So yeah, dude, like being a big man in combat sports, it's it's I want to say it's like a cheat ticket to success, but like (laughs) uh, Francis Ngannou was literally just a dude off the street. Who yeah. walked into who walked into a gym and was like, "Can you guys teach me how to do like this MMA thing?" And the guy's like, "I will pay you to come into the gym and be very big and hit things." <laughs> it's like it's like um, every sport has that. It's like in basketball, if you're the tall guy who's got long arms, you're always gonna get a chance. If you're a la Sean Bradley, <laughs> oh, poor Sean. <laughs> Once upon a time, <laughs> I was like, just if you're who's an, who's another guy who jumps out? Oh my god. He was another Maverick. What was his name? The Beat. Um, oh, God. I can't remember his name, but, like, oh, who was the dude who Memphis drafted? The, now we're going to be thinking. Go ahead. The Beat. Was it The Beat? The seven three dude? Oh, there we go. And a Jop is one of them. If you're a big, tall guy and you have long arms, you're always going to get a chance. Some team is going to take a chance yeah. on you. So if you're listening to this, maybe if you play, like, college football, but, you know, you didn't make it to the league or whatever. If you're, like, walking around at, like, a healthy 240, throw on some gloves, man. I've made the like... argument that UFC <laughs> needs to go to the NFL Combine every year and they just do. and hang around NFL training camps in August or whatever when dudes start getting cut and just be like, look, if you want to stay in sports, we'll pay for you to, you know, to go to a... They do it with guys in Mexico, they, like guys from, like, Latin America. They'll send them to Jackson's or to Alliance or to AT, uh, not ATT, AKA... Like, they'll hook them up. So just hook up a bunch of big, tall dudes and send them out there. And just, if you take 20 guys and you get five, that's like a good invest. That's a good return on your investment, I think. I mean, like, it's not like there's not a, like, a president for this. Like, Matt Mitrione and Brendan Schaub, whatever you think of them as fighters, they managed to make a career out of it. And Mitrione is no joke a good fighter. He deserves a lot of credit. And, you know, like, I mean, he'd just be Fedor. Look at Miocic. Miocic, if you want to be fair, was a failed college baseball player. He was basketball, right? I don't think, I don't, baseball. Was he failed? Because like, I feel like he was getting offers and he just like decided not to. He ain't playing. I didn't see him in the World Series. Uh. <laughs> I want to say I want to say that he actually did get offers to go be like in the minor leagues and he just chose to do fighting. Right. Well, I'm just saying like unsuccessful guys and other. If we're fair, combat sports and pro wrestling share a bed together. Pro wrestling, how many failed football players? Shouts to Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, was he on the same team with Matt Matrion? I remember, I think I remember hearing that. But either way, uh, Kevin Nash was a failed basketball player. Big Sexy was a failed basketball player. The Giant, uh, Paul White, played basketball. It's like, if they can play another sport, they're probably athletic enough to make it in your sport. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm go out and. Find some hockey guys. Steve Bose. We can always use another Steve Bose. I say they can already fight. Yeah, for real. <laughs> they can already throw hands, so you just got to give them some technique. See, I say the same thing about like women's bantamweight. We literally just go stock the WCWA um, finals and just like sign whoever looks sad coming off the mat. Whoever looks sad. Not the winner, but whoever looks sad. I mean, like the winner gets to go to the Olympics. Let's oh, be real. Jesus. All right, what fight are we still on? We're still on Olympic Curtis Blades? Yeah. No, no, Wait, no, 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 hold on, to... hold on, hold on, I've got, I've got this, hold on, oh. let me just handle this. Curtis Blades, I'd All like right. to see him fight Blagoy Ivanov, who was successful on the PFL, and that was the whole PFL tie that I had sat on for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We talked about the PFL card, you guys go out and watch it, it's on YouTube, we're not going to mention it ever again. 
Give me one of the three hundred yeah. people who get the, who have watched the PFL card. And chances are, if you if you have some video production background, uh, you got a job there if you want it. <laughs> Did anybody uh, on a, on a real uh, just a brief note? Please do not listen to Kayla Harrison and uh, Boss Rutten in the main event. They literally flirted throughout the whole main event. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I mean good for Boss. <laughs> good for Boss. <laughs> Oh, it was casual. It was no. it was it was either flirting or flirting. I don't know what else you want to call it. Boss was trying to because Boss moves. was talking about naked kicks, and she was like, they were kind of doing a little back and forth about kicks and naked kicks, and she's like, I never kick naked, and Boss was like, Whoa, ho, ho, ho. I knew it. She she was actually like all jokes aside. She made me wish that the UFC would put more women on on commentary because it's like a different voice for once. So I was impressed with it. But every time her and Boss started talking, I was like, at one point Todd Harris was like, I'm just gonna keep commenting on the fight. Like he, got... <laughs> I'm not in any of this action. I'm not. What is this? Oh, I have to go listen. Seriously, to this give it a listen. There is like I'm not. I don't want to. I believe she's married. Boss is probably Boss probably doesn't give a shit, but. Is. <laughs> the point is, like, it was it was friendly, almost on the verge of being too friendly, and Todd Harris was like, I'm very uncomfortable with this. <laughs> he just kept calling the fight, and Boss at one point is like, you're going to, like, what? Like, they were having their own conversation, and he's like, I'm a professional, I'm just going to call this fight. Like, good, 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 good on, on you. Good on, good on you, Todd Harris. Good on, good on you. you. Good on you, Todd. Somebody has to steer the ship, yeah, right? Well, I mean, apparently <laughs> the, the, the captain, the Dutch captain, is... <laughs> Oh man! For this last fight, I guess just real quick, uh, Ricardo Hamos and how do you say his first name? I always mess this up. It's a hobby's first name. Iman. Is it Iman? Iman, something like that. I think it's Iman. We're gonna go, like Iman. We're gonna go Iman Sahabi. Um. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Um. I don't remember much of this fight. Like, I I know I watched it, but, like, it was the first fight, so it's the last one that comes to memory. But, um, I don't know, I remember Zahabi, you know, he seems like he just kind of does the boxing thing and not a whole much else. Like, I feel like there are other tools he could probably add. Like, he's a solid fighter, but, like, I don't know. It's just something, I feel like there's something that's not there that should be, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the end of the fight... And it's kind of bad because, like, I think Hamos, you could tell he was telegraphing the spin. Like, he was looking for it. And I can't remember if he threw one before this one. Yeah. Like, he was he was looking for the spin. And it just, I don't know if, like, Zahabi was just so zoned in because he had him backed up against the cage. And he was just, I guess, thinking he was just going to go in for the kill. And, uh, yeah, spin an elbow straight to the jaw and just instant death. Like, there was no coming back, no need for follow-up. Just, yeah. It was a great way to kick off the card. Like, <laughs> your KOs don't get much better than that. So, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't have much to dissect about this fight because I don't remember it all that much. But that elbow was uh, it was pretty vicious. Um, I think Ayman kind of just, like, has a lot of the flaws that you see in the guy who's, like, an MMA nativist. Like, he doesn't check kicks, like, at all. And he gets hyper-aggressive when he thinks he has the kill. But other than that, like, Ramos looked good early. Like, 
leg kicks, guys back in the first round. Like, you let the fight get away from him in the second a little bit, but like, really delivered on that KO. Was, yeah, there's not a whole lot to dissect, really. I thought the grappling in the first round was fantastic. I thought it was a lot of a lot of really good grappling exchanges. When I got on the feet, I thought Ramos was a little too aggressive in terms of trying techniques that were not necessarily high high percentage landing. Like he threw a lot of jumping knees that weren't even close. Yeah. Uh, he had a few spinning kicks that weren't even close. The third round I thought was I was a little worried. Uh in terms for him I was a little worried because it felt like Zahabi had him figured out with uppercuts and then throws a first spinning elbow and it landed. So I was like, oh, that landed pretty good. Like, I thought he was going to back out. Uh, Zahabi was going to create some space. But he had, he must have, like, gotten excited because he had the back or whatever the case may be. And he's trying to pound on Ram- uh, Hamos. And then the second uh, spinning back elbow came. And that was, was that. And uh, I, I think we can make a case for Ricardo Hamos for being the best looking for a fight signee. It, it, like, if you think about it, there are some really good ones, like Matthew Lopez is pretty good. And um, Randy Brown, Sage Northcutt, Mickey Gall are bigger names. But I think that Hamas is the best one that they got out of that, however long this reality show thing is going to last. Um, probably. I'm trying to think. I, I guess Lopez is only competition. Not a big Cody East fan? No. Um, um, what is Cody East doing? Is he back in jail? Ah, come on now. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> shouldn't have gone there. I mean, I'm thankful to Cody East for getting the crap beat out of him by uh, Curtis Blades That's and Walt Harris. Okay. So, who's yeah. the? There was the Ring of Combat. They they just signed like a Ring of Combat bantamweight who people are really excited about, but I can't remember his name. Hey, even uh, this is news to me. Oh God, what's his name? Ring of Combat, Bantamweight. I love how I talk when I sign UFC. He just had a fight announced recently. Marab da Davishili. Uh, not. Oh, here we go. Oh uh, God, it's been forever since I've been able to watch a Ring of Combat card, so I have no idea what this dude is. <laughs> I know he had a lot of hype behind him. I always get him confused with the guy who fought uh, the guy who fought John Moraga and got KO'd. Oh right, yeah. I always forget that one. Oh, he's fighting Freaky Signs. Yeah, I know that he's the guy who they got a lot of, who there's a lot of buzz about. But yeah, I think Ricardo Hamos is uh, that that dude. I might have to check him out. Um, yeah, like yeah, probably. Um, I don't. I I don't know. Like how yeah. his style works out long term. Like, just kind of, yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Keep spinning. Keep. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll, no, he'll oh keep, my god! Oh my god! He'll keep it. his job. So I got it. Uh, what? Ricardo Hamos, Damian Stajak. Yes. Spinning. All yeah. day, one thirty-five. Yeah, go for I it. Think, I this. think actually, I would like to see Hamos Boston Salmon, but I think Boston's hurt again, so can't do that. Give him Brian Keller. I'm... 
Brian Kelleher would take that fight, and then he would fight like a week later, too. Yeah. Kelleher was caught. Who did Kelleher call out? He was trying to get a, the fight with Almeida. Which I like, by the way. I do like that fight. Yeah, Keller, Kelleher's got some big, uh, he's got some big dreams. You know? like he's, <laughs> he's out here trying to get it, man. He, he's trying to strike while the iron's and, up. And you know what? You gotta, I always like those guys. I think that's always good to support. And I'm not mad because, like, it, at least if you're going to be that kind of guy, like, you got to be a fighter that brings yeah. it, and he definitely does. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not mad Every division it. needs one of those guys. You need those yeah. guys. He said his role model was Donald Cerrone, and he's trying to pattern, like, after him. So, you could uh, do anytime, anywhere. Almost oh. Rob Font, I guess. Hopefully he handles his money better than Cerrone. Well, yeah. <laughs> and chooses that's his an, words a little, a, little, a little smarter than Cerrone. Yeah, that's that's another. <laughs> but I mean, there's bonus, yeah. there's bonus money in Kelleher's future. Just don't go spend it all on like, I don't know, ATVs. Kelleher's from the northeast. <laughs> One of the northeast has an ATV. Hi. I mean. Oh my! I'm from the north. I'm on the northeast. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm here too. Oh my God! All right, I apologize sincerely to all the people uh, in the north. I mean, I'm mostly just Del- it's mostly just like Delaware in PA. Make... What, is he going to go live in Lancaster? Would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't make fun of... First, it was the Pygmy people, and now it... it's New Jersey. Sorry. Yeah, every, every, everybody's got to get this. I mean, we, oh, we, we're used to it. Like, so it, 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 we are the butt of many jokes here. <laughs> But anyway, this was a great. Uh, I think we can wrap that. Up. Yeah, it was a great. It was a great fight. Great night. Uh, great night of fights. Like literally everything you could ask for: disqualifications, KOs, TKOs, people losing belts left and right, legends coming back. There were more t- like well, like there were more title changes tonight than there has been all year. Yeah, you mentioned right, that, and like, I was I was stunned. But then it's like at the same time, and I and I do want to make a point of this, like Bisping and. Garbrandt, it doesn't work so much for Joanna, but Bisping and Garbrandt, I think, really, really proved that a champion, you have to keep that. Like, you have to fight as consistently as possible. You can't yeah, take, like, yeah, you can't take any time off. Yeah, it's like, because neither guy looks sharp. And that's like a full year of not, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's like, you take that time off and it, it backfires on you. Uh Either way, we got a uh, gonna be a lot of interesting storylines that end up forming <laughs> probably in like the next couple weeks. Um, but yeah, you to be kind. This, to this us. car was. I, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta acknowledge it. Sada, please. Oh man, that was my first thought when GSP was out here landing Superman punches. I was like, oh, if you John Jones me, I swear to God, I... <laughs> don't you do it to me, George? I, I don't. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say GSP, just, you know, that Olympic training he does and all that good stuff. And Freddie Yeah, and like not every fighter who just... looks good is on something. I mean, I mean this yeah. was, it was only like six months ago where GSP still had like the dad gut. Yeah. With the beer belly. Hey, he, he lost weight quickly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So He's eating Nutri-Grain bars and something. Uh, <laughs> what else did they have up there in Montreal? Poutine... Some vegan poutine. I bet it exists. (laughs) But uh, yeah, man, UFC 217, man, this card was amazing. 
literally like just amazing. And the next, amazing. That's yeah, all. And I, I mean, say. the next pay per view looks really good too. So this is good. Little, little, yeah. mo- little momentum. I think we're we're gonna end this year. I, I feel like on on some hot notes. Like there'll there'll be a lot to to talk about because we got cards yeah. coming up literally every weekend yeah. and until like January. So. Next one's um, good. But... 218 is good. And if the rumors about 219 having some kind of cyborg Nunez like face off is good, then we'll be all right. We'll be okay, guys. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be taken care of. The MMA gods will will let us end the year on a. They good have note. taketh enough uh, this year. They need to giveth. Right. <laughs> but um, we're coming up on close to three hours. Yay. <laughs> so uh. Guess we'll do uh parting shots and shout outs and all that good stuff. Um first off I just wanna throw some salt. Um I hate fantasy football. Just to throw that out there. Um I did not something in my gut and my soul told me to start Jared Goff because he was playing the Giants and I didn't. And they're beating the Giants forty seven to ten right now as of this recording. With Jared Goff having twenty eight fantasy points, which I don't have, but that's neither here nor there. I was just angry about that. But um, I guess I just got two uh, parting shots. Uh, first one, I can't remember when this event was, but um, one championship took it back to the pride days of having these just wild mismatch fights in terms of weight. <laughs> so we got middleweight champ on Lasan, who shout outs to him. He does train out of uh, Jim in Maryland, uh, Crazy Eighty Eight. Um, fought Alan. Galani or Lane uh, Galani, who is a um, he's like a compact Czech Congo. Like if Czech Congo was like four inches shorter, <laughs> like this is that's what he would look like. Um, so a middleweight versus a heavyweight, and Al Nasong, uh submitted him uh, via guillotine in the first round. So shout outs to him and the crowd. Like for, for people who don't know, like Ong is like a, a superstar and like over there he, he comes over in america and he's just like a regular dude the crowd over there like went nuts when this fight was going on so shout outs to him for pulling that off um another thing we didn't really get to mention uh be my last shout out uh shout outs and well wishes to lfa fighter cj hancock um who apparently like died in the cage and was brought back to life and he said, and I quote, Well, I died tonight in the cage. They did CPR and hit me with the EKG twice and brought me back. So that happened apparently this weekend. I, I missed that card, but I'll probably go back and rewatch it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if the his heart stopping. I heard he had a really hard weight cut. And doctors are telling him he probably shouldn't fight again. But um, yeah, hope he gets better. Hope his health is okay. Because that's definitely like scary that like you literally just you flatline like you literally flatlined in the cage and they had to bring you back to life but um glad to hear he's doing okay hopefully his, his road to recovery goes well um but yeah th- those are my my two shot uh, my two shout outs hmm. um well first off the the high note I, well the high note um shout outs to um Manami Toyota, who uh, just retired this past weekend, or yeah, um, arguably the greatest pro wrestler of all time. What? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. You just keep. 
<laughs> I'm not a Minami Toyota fan. That's why. I was like, uh, well, what did you even? Now we're gonna have a real. Uh, no, I'm no. That's all I gotta say about that. Just like great career, thirty years, amazing wrestler. Um, I really don't have much to say about that. Very many ways. revolutionaries. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, you know, I don't want to end on a sour note, so just uh, shout-outs to Laura Douglas. I don't know what you're doing. I think, like, she, like, um, like, kind of the archetype for, like, women who get into combat sports. Um, got into it, uh, got into it because she wanted to learn to defend herself. She was in an abusive relationship beforehand. Like, before she started her career, she skates with her daughter. Um, got into, um... MMA through Tiger Showman's and was arguably the pound for pound best woman on the planet when she did fight all those years ago. Has a win over Roxanne Montefiore. I know this because, again, I've worked at Tiger Showman's for a summer where the internet only showed Tiger Showman's fights from like their fighters. So I watched a couple of the Augustus fights. Um, so shout out to her wherever she is, I guess. So that's all I. Yep. Oh, uh, ooh. these are always the hardest because you want to end on a good note. Um, so I guess I'd like to just give a, a, a quick kudos to the Professional Fighters League. We all joke about it. It's really funny to kind of crack some jokes about the PFL. but uh, Nothing the I said is... about the PFL has ever been a joke. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> the PFL has had a rough run <laughs> under many names, under many leaders, <laughs> under many visionaries. Um, but they did something really good this weekend, uh, this week. They had an event for charity. Um, I can't remember the charity off the top of my head. It, it's for children, so I, I... Fight Nights, I think it's called, and, like, their website's, like, Fight for Children or something. Yeah, Fight for Children. So, like, they, they, they did something really nice. Um, we know they did something really nice because, again, production snafus. They aired the silent bidding auction for, like, a PFL special, like, package. So I know that they were doing, they did some really good stuff. And MMA is a very, very, very great, awful, tremendous, bad, wonderful mixed bag. And so when something really nice happens, when there's something good done, I think it's important to remember that and to put the jokes aside for just a brief second and give them their kudos. Uh, other than that, I mean, shout out to everybody on UFC 217 who had a fantastic, uh, a fantastic, Showing like there was nobody who I who left that who I left that card like every fight was enjoyable in its own way and there was nobody who was the downer on the night so great for everybody on that card and um, God I had something else I wanted to say but I guess it wasn't that important oh real quick Deontay Wilder oh that's what I was say. Uh, shout out to this. Deontay Wilder for not going through on his promise to kill him. I mean he almost did oh boy uh, I'm just saying. That was a violent KO. <laughs> I, you know what? He promised death. He didn't deliver death. I appreciate him not doing, not going that far. Oh, it was close. He was very I'm trying close. to give the man a compliment here, fellas. Oh, man. Good, good, good on him. Good on him for, for staying active and for taking a stand against guys who use PEDs as well. So. I, I have a question for you, Joey. Are, are you as hyped as I am for Deontay Wilder versus um, Dominic Brazil? Um, you know, like if I if I had to rank it, it would be somewhere between how excited I am for 
work tomorrow. <laughs> and somewhere between you know what Deontay Wilder's a fun fighter to watch. I I'm what I'm most excited about is setting my calendar for twenty twenty seven when Wilder and Joshua finally have I totally thought you were gonna go in a different direction. You were gonna you're gonna try to bait me into a Miguel Cotto because Cotto's fighting in December. If it was a setup, no, no, no. I'm very upset about it too. Yeah, you know. Actually, I would like to do one one more. Now I got one. Shout out to polite, respectful champions. I feel like they have taken a backseat in the current MMA landscape. Um. The, everybody's a fake McGregor. Everybody's a fake Rousey. It's nice to have GSP back with the belt. It's nice to have Rose Namajunas with the belt. She seems really nice. Everything I've heard about TJ Dillashaw outside of the team alpha male circle is of a pretty nice guy. Don't don't let Stokes hear that. Uh, <laughs> well, if Shout he was here, Stokes. if he had the professionalism to show up on time, he could have counted point. Point is, it's nice to have it, every. It's always cool to have. I love confident champions, but it'll be nice to have. I'm excited for this Whitaker GSP fight because it's going to be two guys who aren't going to try to sell me something I don't want to believe in. Like they're going to be nice and respectful, and then you can have two guys who talk mm-hmm. trash and do that a little bit. But after so many really bad trash talk kind of, after so many moments of trash talk that felt bad and had. Kobe Kobe thing killed it. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, after so many many guys who just like, you know, I was thinking about DC Jones too. Like, some of the things referring to Jones as a junkie in front of his kid. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean. Like, there's always that. Let's have a few guys who are just nice dudes. And I like DC. I think DC will be different with Vulcan. So I, I, you know, let's just have some nice folks around. You see, all this talk about all this talk about trash talk. I just realized we did it. We forgot to mention. Cody Garbrandt one releasing that sparring video. Oh. <laughs> two releasing that sparring video because he basically admitted to doing HGH. Jesus. <laughs> oh. I've mentioned this we had this discussion. That guy believes everything. Like he truly believes everything he does and says. Like did you hear him after the fight with Dillashaw like after the Dillashaw fight when he's at the podium doing his presser? And he was, like, so non, like, everything was, nothing changed. It was like he didn't even lose. He was just like, I don't like him. I still don't like him. I don't like him as a person. He's a lying bitch. He's a snake. And it's like, dude, he you told lost. Me how, Take he's the reason I know how to do ACH. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was, but I mean, this was a weird week for, you had that, you had, we had yet another, Unacceptable F word dropping. You had uh, Joanna's serious bullshit about mental. Well, she she was given the opportunity to talk back her her comments on Rose, and she did it halfway, and then she's like, "But she's still crazy." So it's like, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it'd be nice to have GSP and Robert Whitaker talk about how much they like one another, even <laughs> if it's for you know variety is the spice of life. It takes all kinds. Let's have one fight where it's like. Pleasant, pleasant, pleasant gentleman trash talk that might end in a violent fashion when they actually... Yeah, like, I I don't need to be sold on the fight. You don't have to... I don't need you to fake trash talk. Like, fake trash talk is the worst, dude. Do you remember when Ellenberger and Rory McDonald were going to fight and their trash talk was just so plain Jane, like... 
I would never trash talk Roy McDonald because I think I would end up missing the next day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but just like when, I think when, when I saw Roy with the, the the turtleneck, that that guy, he's not to be played with. That's... <laughs> he looked like a Saw villain against Maz. Against, against <laughs> like I love Lima, but man, you better watch your back, Ooh, bro. Well, uh, shout out to Vulcan Uzdemir, who will in fact be getting the title shot. So good for him. He came into the UFC last year, and within one year, he's beaten OSP, Jimmy Manoa, Mika, Ser- Mika Serkinov, and is now going to fight for the title. So good for hey, him. Get him. Get him. I think he beats Future DC. Champ. That's, my, that's my knock on the wood. Future champ. I think so. DC rushes into the clinch. He gets punched in the head a few times. That's it. Phantom, Another Phantom KO. <laughs> it's the dim mock, I believe it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the dim mock. Oh, I haven't heard that in a Isn't long time. Is that what time. it is? Like the finger, the, the, the death touch, yeah. whatever it is? I don't know. That's what they do with like the, you, yeah, basically what you're saying. I was going to try to describe it completely wrong, but. I, I haven't seen it in so long. It's oh, because I believe that's GSP's favorite movie, and GSP, there we go. Look mm. at that, man. Oh, come on, full circle. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, yeah, uh, the story that just I read you're on Twitter. Totally last month, so how dare you? No, no, um. <laughs> That's even worse. You're reading while we're having this amazing <laughs> Some breaking news. Um, do you, God, what's this man's name? I can't remember off the top of my head. Johnny Benjamin Jr. Do you remember Johnny Benjamin Jr.? I do not. You're going to have to. I do he, not. Okay. Um, wait. Yes. He, is a, he used to write for MMA Junkie. And he oh, was one of yeah. The, and he was the man who came out and said women should not be fighting five-minute rounds because it's too dangerous. Oh, God, I'm reading this now. Yes. Jesus Christ. He is not, what did he do? He, is, um, uh, he was arrested for federal drug charges and now possibly facing life in jail. Jesus Christ. Well, I believe he's the same guy who once referred to DC as the token guy on the... Uh, no, not DC, Kurt Menefee, when they were doing the Fox, like, sit down. The yeah. Fox booths, he called him, like, the token guy on the booth, so I was like, uh... Well, sir, hope you got legal fees. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. Life, life happens fast. What a very strange <laughs> night. Strange day. Uh, yeah. it, it wouldn't be an MMA weekend if madness didn't happen. Chaos chaos is essential. But, uh, uh, yeah, we just gave you guys a solid three hours. So, um, yeah, you better listen. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, yeah, man. Oh, real quick, one last plug, and then I promise Here I'll shut go. up. I, I forgot that I actually set up an email for this podcast. So, um, if you would ever want to just email the viewer question, maybe we'll like read them on the show. Oh, yeah, that would be um, fun. I say, yeah, I say the email is... that I probably won't be on that show. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in, in case, it's uh, email is simple <laughs> dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com. So, I don't know if you got a viewer question. MMA related, movie related, anything, whatever, whatever's on your mind. Don't don't do nothing too crazy though. I might just ignore you. I can't but, wait till you know. we have like live call-ins. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't want to. Yeah, I got I got to screen everything. I just can't let you people call in. I, I love you guys to death, but you know, there's always that one person who's gonna ruin it for everybody else. But Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. If you got a viewer question. You can send it there. Uh, podcast is always on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play, 
all that good stuff. Um, there'll definitely be content because we got cards like every week for the rest yeah. of the year. So there won't be a lack of things to talk and about. We too um, are looking for a digital distribution deal. So Amazon, Netflix, if you want to, you want to get this, you don't want to pay UFC, <laughs> you don't want to pay the UFC rights and you just want like recaps for half of it. Right. We got I, I'm willing to take half of what the UFC is willing to take. I think, so. I think that's fair. We, we deliver more action <laughs> than maybe some right. of these cards. And I feel like if you're a prelim fighter, we'll talk about you. We don't just yeah. If you want to get sponsored, if you want us to talk nothing but you, like we'll you know, hit us up. Uh, oh, yeah. Second to last dude on the fight pass prelims. It should start. Right. Eventually, we're just gonna start sponsoring like regional fighters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I got enough money to lose. To be honest with you, <laughs> like those, those dudes would do it for like ten bucks. Come on. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll I'll reach out like to somebody. Junior, we'll, like uh... Junior Albini wasn't getting paid, and he had like fifteen yeah. fights. Jeez, good gravy! You got a point. Oh now. man. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> we got yeah, you. If man. you're willing to do we it on good word, the, I, I will give a fighter fifty bucks if they were a Dojo Talk podcast <laughs> on their short third fight night. But if it falls man, off, I will make. If it falls off. <laughs> you gotta recoup the money. No, well, if it falls, matter of fact, if it falls off, we'll give you a hundred because then somebody will bring it up and it will be like a, it'll be like a thing. You can't make it That's obvious, right. but you gotta pick it up and hold it to the camera and be like, it fell. <laughs> exactly. It fell right off. Oh man, yeah, we we gotta we get a fighter on this show. When one of you guys are gonna get real? Then we're getting somebody else. Call us up. <laughs> I'm sending Sage Northcutt an email. Oh what is Sage, Sage Northcutt going to talk to us about? We'll figure it out. <laughs> we can talk to Sage Northcutt about 12 Years a Slave. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he should have a lot. Uh, man, uh... I, don't, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go down that have, have you seen his... Have you seen his... his um, have you seen what Woodley had to say when he watched it? Um, oh, yeah. He's like, that's so messed up. Why do we do this? Oh, man. Katie, Katie, Texas' education system probably does not involve slavery. Yeah, they skipped some years. What if we get... They, sk like, they skipped a big okay, chunk. I got an idea. We can get Sage Northcutt on. Once upon a time, there was a, a short-lived wrestling organization, like for five episodes called the Urban Wrestling Federation. Oh, my God. So what if we can get Sage Northcutt on and he'll review an episode of it with us? <laughs> I think that <laughs> set the best. That'd be a myth. The ideas, uh, the ideas are swirling. He can watch Belly with know. us, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sage Northcutt and movie I reviews. found what we really need to be doing. Oh, man. That, yeah, that we got to do this. Sage Northcutt. Ah, juice, poison, Guys, so, so much violence. CB4, how high? I just want Northcutt at one point to be like, have they ever thought about talking out these problems? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it doesn't have to be this. Oh, thing. man. Oh, man. I bet Sage Northcutt's uh, mystery doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to do this. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows Sage Northcutt out there, tag him. Tell him. I'm sure know. he's got a lot of time in his schedule. Yeah, tell them, tell them, come on the show, man. We would love to 
to pick Sage a brain. Northcutt and... fights next week, and these two guys will be here. I don't know if I'll be here. Uh, Stokes is banned for a week, so we don't know if he'll be back. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. We'll see who's here to to deal with. Uh, we'll review Sage Northcutt, and then we'll have him review a movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's happening? Showgirls. He could do showgirls. That oh, my be... God. <laughs> that might break his brain. <laughs> my mom's going to oh, be a man. <laughs> So many possibilities. But, uh, yeah. It's been... <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> One of those Saw movies. <sighs> Sage and Scarface. Oh, no. He'd be like, no. I'm snorting all that salt. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of the dojo talk podcast anytime people are being kicked and or punched in the face we'll be there to talk about it and hopefully we catch you guys soon peace